Hey, yo, welcome to another edition of 43.6, the sports podcast you always wanted. I'm Dustin Perry, and I'm joined by James Key. Hello, James. Joined by me. Hello. <laughs> and also joining us on this journey is Maddie Key. Hello, Maddie. Hello. Good evening. We have a very packed episode for you this evening evening for us at least episode 35 of the podcast this is is brought to you by now your treasures and we will talk a bit more about them later on this show we're going to talk about the world cup winner the toronto maple leafs making a trade the toronto raptors potentially needing to make a trade nfl week 15 is in the books we have our thoughts and we have our picks for week 16 the toronto blue jays seemingly are done with their pitching rotation. And if we have time in the wrestling corner, we will talk about one Mandy Rose. All of that and a whole lot more coming up on this week's edition of 43.6. But before we get to the meat of the matter, we like to talk about our week and what has been going on in our lives to catch you up on what's happened since the last time we gathered around these microphones. So, Maddie, we'll start with you because I always start with James. Well, it's because he's older. So it's like he should go first. But. No, like mine, Loki, getting ready for Christmas. I mean, I always, I don't know if you guys do this thing where every year you tell yourself, shit, I'm going to start so much earlier. I'm going to get my shopping done earlier. I'm going to start in like November or October. And then you're just like, I can't really think of anything for anybody. Or you're like, hey, maybe that's not right. Or you start overthinking it. And then it's December 19th and you still have like 75% of your shopping to do. Because that's currently where I'm at. I'm with you. I, I only have to buy. So my sisters and I have called a truce on like gift giving. Okay. So I only buy for the children. And I mean, my children now, like my niece and two of my niece and nephews are grown as adults at this point, but I still only purchase gifts for my nieces and the nephews. So I have one nephew down and one nephew to go and two nieces to go. So I've purchased 25%, exactly the percentage you're talking about. Yeah. 75% of my shopping has not been done yet on December 20th. So the easiest part was my niece. Jim's daughter, she was easy peasy, right? That was the first one done in bulk and we were just like, sweet. And then like my wife is pretty much done, you know, because I always with her think, is this enough? And then with Jim, I try to like be really cognizant because him and me are the same. We very rarely, if there's something we want, we just go get it. You know, we don't hold off or say, hey, if you're looking for something for me for Christmas, I'd really like this. So we kind of, and I know we both struggle with this because I asked like my wife, I'm like, I have no idea what to get Jim. And she turns to me and she's like, he messaged me and said the same effing thing about you. <laughs> so she was like, you hassles and just stop buying yourself stuff. Ooh, I just fell off my chair almost. She said, you need to stop buying yourself stuff around Christmas time and just leave shit open. Because she's like, I have to pay for it. But no, nah, like we're getting there. And also too, which means I'm getting closer to this kid popping out. And I have no idea what the hell I'm doing. And then I don't know, man. It's just it's just like all that shit. And then like I also hate going to the mall at this time of year because it's supposed to be, you know, the season of giving and good spirits and shit. Like people are the biggest assholes at malls, man. And like seeing how some of these pricks treat, you know, retail workers in a mall and shit absolutely like disgusting trash of humanity that they they speak this way to these people sir you, you know don't what even I mean? know what model did you go to fairview 
Yeah, see, you don't even know. I went to Bramalee City Center on Saturday. So you don't know how people get treated like shit until you've gone to Bramalee City Center. That's my old stomping ground, man. Bramalee City Center, that's in Brampton, bro. What's a a Brampton? (laughs) No, seriously, what's Bramalee Center? I've never been there. It's a mall in Brampton. It's, It's probably the third biggest mall uh, outside of Yorkdale and the Eaton Center. Is it actually, Vaughn Mills? Um, Vaughn Mills isn't a mall anymore. It's an outlet. Yeah, it is an outlet. Vaughn Mills is an outlet. Okay. But yeah, no, Fairview was just rude. Like, I, I, I can't say the store because I, full disclosure, my wife listens to this podcast and she says her favorite part is this opening part because she's like, you guys start talking about sports. It's interesting. She's like, I don't fucking know anything about sports. But she's like, the weekly recap's hilarious because she's like, I listen. And because I know most of what's going on, she's like, I can laugh along. So I can't really mention the things that are places I've gone because then it'll tip her into what I'm getting her. But just certain stores in Fairview, just I'm standing there waiting in line and like ladies just flipping out, like going full Karen, being saying, I wanted to get this. And the lady behind the counter I was like i'm really sorry that's a, like a sale item and it's very popular for the holidays we sold that out really quickly at like the start of december and you know just given everything with like supply chains and stuff it's really hard we don't know if we'll get it back before then but what i can do she was like i can give you like a gift card and a note to say hey when this comes back in stock honor the deal that this thing is right which to me is a way above and beyond because most stars are like, no, fuck you. If the deal is gone or it's sold out, that's too bad. You should have done it earlier. And the lady literally took the gift card and threw it down on her. She's like, no, that's not good enough. I need to speak to your boss, which is the Karen fucking tagline, right? And I just felt so bad for this girl behind the counter because she struck me as young and like a seasonal worker. And you could tell in her head, she's like, I don't need this shit, right? But she was trying so hard to be nice. So finally, like this lady's just freaking out and the manager comes out and she's like, I don't know what you want me to do. Like, we don't have the item. And it's not like I can just go into the back and just fucking I dream of Jeannie and get you the item, right? It's not a thing. And she said, this is terrible customer service and blah, blah, blah. You're not respecting me. And like me and this other broad in the lineup and I did that, the whole thing where you turn and look, you're like, is this really happening? Like, are you really here witnessing this? And this lady just got so mad. And then she just, again, freaked out and said, no, I'm never coming back here again. And just walks out. And I was just dumbfounded because I was next in line. And I sat there and I, I was like deer in headlights. And then the girl was like, can I help you? I was like, just give me this. We're good. Get me out of here. It's it's so dumb because like, if he's like saying like, you're never going to go back there, like, now you're That's not bullshit. getting like you're, no. Now you're not getting the item anyway. So like, mm-hmm. there's no resolution at all at that point to your problem. I watched the lady. The Karens are real this time of year. I watched the lady walk out at a Shoppers Drug Mart on the self checkout <laughs> because it was frozen, and she got so mad. She was like hammering the screen, and she just left her stuff, and she was like, "Fuck!" And she just like she walked <laughs> like <laughs> it's so like just at that point, just take the shit. <laughs> you know okay full disclosure self-checkout i do enjoy it is it not for like big like if i have a certain amount of items in my cart like at a grocery store or whatever i'm not doing self-checkout because that's just annoying 
for me, that's like replacing the express line. If you've got like 15 items or less, that's you not deserve, like... Dude. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. full disclosure, well, it depends, one It depends morning. on where you are. At Walmart, they have a different lane yeah. if you have 20 or more. And right. like it literally says 20 or more or just a few. Okay, yeah. No, this was like Loblaws at North York Center. So, and I'm just doxing myself where I live or close to. <laughs> According to Elon, assassination coordinates. Yeah, I know, eh? Everyone's going to start coming for my weirdly named kid, Little X, but whatever. Um, so we were at Loblaws and the scanner thing wasn't working. It worked for everything except for the eggs. And my wife and me stood there for like 15 minutes trying to scan these fucking eggs. Right. And I kept waving the ladies over and okay, this is at like 630 in the morning. So they're just kind of standing there hanging out, not really paying attention because it's not busy. So I'm trying to scan. And this was a long time ago. And I'm trying to scan, scan. It's not working. We're waving them over. And I was like, you know what? I'm not waiting for this shit. Just put my eggs in the thing. I was like, I did my due diligence. I tried to scan these <laughs> eggs. I tried to pay for these eggs. These people aren't coming over to help me with my eggs. So I just put them in the bag and walked Dude, out. For every for every 15 visits that you self-checkout, you're entitled to one item under $5. For sure. Because if you think about what a wage That's is. nothing these days. $5 no. <laughs> at a grocery store is nothing these days. It doesn't, it comes with that yeah, if, you th- if you think about the wage that's involved in working at checkout, and if now you're doing it, so just give yourself what 15 times about five minutes. <laughs> that's, that's the an work. Hour. That's the work. You get paid an hour. So you get $12 worth of stuff or whatever. I mean, that's the way it should be. Or you should get a discount. If you self checkout, you should automatically get 5% off. That should just oh, be I, the rule. It's convenient, but at the same time, when it doesn't work, it is very frustrating. But at the same time, not enough for me to lose my shit and throw my shit down and be like, ah, fuck. <laughs> like a crazy old white lady i just i just, just don't understand like now like okay so you're frustrated you probably still need that stuff so you're just gonna have to go t- do more now and turn back or you just spent all that effort picking it up to just throw it down to then have to redo the effort. that's what i mean you're gonna just yeah, have to exactly. go back and do it over again it's just so, so weird instead of just calling somebody over and we spending an extra three and a half minutes now you got to go somewhere and spend 25 again and probably going to try self checkout wherever else you go next. It's like people who shop around it's like people who shop around for cheap gas. Like by the time you got to the cheapest gas, you already spent the money that you would have oh. spent at the closest gas station. Okay, Dustin. This I got to tell you this. This is a funny story about cheap gas. Growing up, my grandfather lived to get cheap gas wherever it was. Like he would scout out different and he was like an old cabbie. So he him saving even like a dollar fifty on gas on a full fill up was worth it to him, right? So he would hunt down. He would go out to Sunoco at two thirty in the morning on a Friday to gas up because that's when it's cheapest. And I, when I was younger, and I was like, "Yeah, that's how you do it." As you get older, you realize it's not worth it. Like <laughs> if just... gas is like one forty nine nine at the Sunoco at 2 30 in the morning and then the next day at the petro it's like 152 nine you're literally on a fill up saving all of like 65 cents yeah it's not worth it but he hunted this down religiously to the point where he would drag my dad's ass out at 2 30 in the morning to fill up the cars because he's like no it's cheaper it was hilarious so- the sad thing is like back then it wouldn't have been 149 it would have been like 49 49 49 yeah. Bruh, 
thank God my dad drove Jim and me around for our hockey shit when we were younger then. When gas was like 39.9, 49.9. I remember when gas hit 69.9 and everyone was freaking out. I remember when gas hit 69 too. Every, yeah. Everyone, or like when we were in high school, that's when gas started hitting like 79.9. We're like, holy shit. Now, if gas goes below 130, I'm got a boner. And I'm like, let's start filling up jerry cans, right? But it's, it's literally triple what it was 20 years ago. Yeah, I remember when I was in high school, like all of the gas stations had to like change their signs because they couldn't show like that extra digit. Yeah. And they had to like start installing new signs that can show a dollar or more. Could you imagine if gas ever goes back down to that? It never will. Would, no, it'll never happen. It'll never happen. I mean, the only way it will happen is if uh, electric cars took over as like 50% road share. Yeah, and then the supply just spikes, right? And no right. one's using gas anymore, so it will go down to 50 cents. Yeah, I can see that happening, actually. Right, but that's going to be like 20 years from now. Kind of like regress from where it was 20 years from us, like 20 years ago for us. That's what it's going to be from now. Because like I'm already shopping for my next car to be an electric car, to be honest. I'm like, I'm yeah, not putting up with this shit. I refuse. Give me an electric truck. I don't care if I got to charge that thing every night. As long as it's fucking not gas, who gives a fuck? Anyway, now I'm getting angry. Go on to Jim, please. I don't even fucking know anymore. This just went like 48 different places, like from <laughs> Christmas shopping to gas prices. I don't even know. We, I need, we were, dude, we were talking before the show, we were talking about like weird punishments when we were a kid and getting smacked with spoons. Like, this has been a, a very odd start. Um, but I had a story to tell you on punishments because of the spoon thing. So, cause we were like, yeah, like I used to get smacked with spoons or whatever. Um, <laughs> when I was in high, this is kind of half relates to sports. When I was in high school, there's this guy who, um, would play like in the local, like softball ring or baseball ring. And like, he was an all right guy, but I guess you could say like his, he's still kind of like an oddball, like a semi outsider, I guess. And, um, his parents were like they they were like pretty like mama's kids um and the rule was like they were like pretty strict like they weren't allowed to swear or whatever so i guess they were probably like 15 or 16 at the time and one of the kids like swore in the outfield and like the mom like pulled him in from the outfield and like bent this 15 16 year old over her knee like pulled down his and spanked his ass in front of everybody at this baseball game, and it was the most hilarious thing. That Do I know who this is? You like you? I know of them. Of them. Yes, you're, okay. you're you you were in the grade of his brother. Um, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, you may or may not have called his brother shipbreak. Um, <laughs> yes, okay. I do. <laughs> this uh, this makes just, so much more sense. <laughs> it, uh, it's, it's one of those things like the just mostly the most unfortunate things happen to these kids. This kid got the nickname Shipbreak. Do you want to tell a story? Shipbreak, like from American Pie? Yeah, because okay, they filled his water bottle for football practice full of X Lacks. Oh no! <laughs> and so like he's chugging it, and they're like, "No, it's like a new protein shake. It'll be great." And he's like, "Okay," and he's like drinking it, fucking right in the middle. He's like, 
And he's like, coach, I got to go. And he's like, what do you mean? He's like, practically, he's like, no, I got to take a shit. Running in from the football field, a trail of shit because it's just liquid <laughs> down his fucking pants, running through the hallways. And so like, just literally just a wet line of shit from like the parking lot all the way to the bathroom that he made it to. Yeah. And that's how he got the nickname. You know what that is? Like, that's the origin story for someone's villain right there. Like, that's oh, the dude. thing that he's going to look back on and be like, this is why I'm the Joker. No, dude, legit, he's 100% I'm surprised. Steve Buscemi from Billy Madison. Yeah. Like, that's what yeah. that's what those people end up like, for sure. Like It was... I'm genuinely shocked. The older brother, okay, maybe not, because he wasn't picked on as much as the younger one. No. Uh, still a lot, but not I nearly mean, as much. But he got spanked in public, so... But he got spanked by his mom in public. And his mom, man, we, like, know her. Tough as nails. She, she Tough as nails. Really nice to us, but, like, no nonsense, no bullshit. Toughest one, and, probably, like, toughest, like, could be a UFC competitor. Easy. It was, it, oh, my God, that's hilarious. Yeah, Manda oh, Nunez the, the, the knocked the fuck out. Yeah. First round, doesn't matter. So Chris Cyborg, game over. The shit she like would put her kids through though, like it was hilarious. I feel bad, but not really because it wasn't me. <laughs> anyway, you're yeah punishment. <clears throat> so yeah, dude, I don't remember that. Were you at that game? No, but I heard multiple accounts that were very feel- very similar and enjoyable. I feel like I know who probably told the story and was probably in tears laughing telling you oh, the story. Most likely. What about you, Dustin? How's the move? Oh, the move is all right. I'm still kind of uh, setting some stuff up. I got my lights working now, which is nice. Um, you do have a nice glow over you today. Well, yeah, like I, last week, I only had like two lights on one side of my face and the other side was like against the wall. But now I've put them both up on stand. So now they're just all of shining down on me. And I probably should change the color temperature of it, but I do like that I can just like press a button and then go, bah! right? <laughs> I hope you saw that, Maddie. But check yeah, it out, yeah. check it out, one more time. Too bad we're not uh, recording the video right there. I just strobed the shit out of yeah, myself. Look, be a TikTok clip. Wait, w- w- what did you do? I strobed the shit out of myself. Okay, <laughs> just making sure. Yep, yep. yep just, you know. <laughs> Now that he anyway, has his own, now that he has his own place, he strobes the shit out of himself whenever he wants. Probably three yeah, times exactly. a day. <laughs> That's probably why he was, you know, five minutes late when we said seven thirty. It was seven thirty-four. To be he's strobing. strobing himself before. The... <laughs> thank God, like I said this last week. Thank God, none of us are epileptic. By the way. Yeah, very good point. Um, and right on cue, as James takes a swig out of his uh, prime hydration drink. That we have been addicted to now that we, we have them available in Canada, for and we've been half going into price. our <laughs> for half. Yeah, it's price. like three fifty a bottle for fuck's sake. Well, it's nine ninety nine at Showcase. Yeah, prior to it being readily available in Circle Circle K, K it, yeah. it was yeah everywhere. Like I got it at a comic book shop for like eight or nine dollars or something the first time I had it. So it's it's nice to be able to <laughs> pay for it like with. Significantly less money. Um, anyway, so the ones that they have in Circle K, there's the the red, white, and blue ice pop one. There's the blue raspberry one. Is it blue raspberry? Is that what it says on the bottle? Yeah, blue raspberry. Then there's the red fruit punch. 
And there's the green lemon lime or is it just lime? Lemon lime. It's lemon lime. Yeah. So, Maddie, the question to you is your okay. options are the red, white, and blue uh, ice pop or whatever. Oh, don't do the this. Blue, the blue <laughs> bottle, blue raspberry, the red bottle, fruit punch, or the the green bottle, lemon lime. What do you pick? So, I'm going to go off the board, and Jim knows where I'm going with this. Because this would be a lot of people's probably third flavor or fourth flavor. It's a close one, two. Mostly for nostalgia for the number two. Number one is the lemon lime. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> this is what I said to James. And this is what I'm asking you. Because James and I were talking about this on the weekend. Where I think I showed him a picture of my like ice pop one. And he showed me a picture of his like blue one. And we had jokingly said, no one's going to take the fucking green one. Like, we, because we've been having trouble finding the ice pop one. Because you can, you can go in at any time and get like a red one or a green one. Right. But it's very hard to find the blue ones and the red, white, and blue ones. And I said, I guarantee fucking Maddie's going to want the green one. Buddy, I'm addicted to lime flavored like juices, candies, drinks. It's insane. Disease. The fact that it's, yeah, <laughs> the fact that it's lemon lime, like it has lemon in it. It doesn't matter. I love lime flavored candies <laughs> and shit. And yes, I don't know what Jim said. Okay. Lime disease. He'll fuck himself. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to gloss I, over it. But yeah, yes, man. that or the rocket pop, just because the rocket pops nostalgia. The funny thing is, is that I've tried them all, except for the orange and purple, like I said, because they're not in Circle K yet. The lime isn't the worst flavor for me so far. The, I, I, I liked Fruit, fruit punch, punch the least because it was, it was way too sweet, I, I thought. I, I could have watered okay. down my fruit punch. Um, for me right now, the ranking goes ice pop, blue raz, lemon lime, fruit punch. Um, the lemon lime I felt I thought felt lighter and more refreshing. So, yeah, but I'm addicted now. Like when I was when I, I went to, to that circle this. when I went to that circle K at Blue. I'm going to Circle K tomorrow. Blue and Sherburn. I'll get you some. They okay. got cases now next to the next to the counter. I saw like I mean, two on the shelf. Circle K, like half a block from me. I could go, but I'm lazy. Yeah, they got cases, and then I, I was buying. <laughs> I was in the gas station the other day, buying one, and in front of me was like this kid, and his mom was buying it for him, and I'm like, I'm buying this drink, and this kid's clearly like, Mom, I want the Logan Paul drink, <laughs> and I'm buying and going. No, Mom, really you didn't want... give me the prime. No, I'm behind this kid going. Man, I really want this Logan Paul. <laughs> um, you have one in front of you. What does yeah. it say on there about children drinking this thing? Yeah, it says I feel like not not intended for children, for adults only. Do not yeah. exceed one serving per day. Um, do not uh, consume this product with other supplements. So I'm assuming that means like don't try and mix this with pre workout. So I can't drink it. Well, you can't drink it with pre-workout. Like, don't fucking but scoop pre-workout no, into it. That's what I would do. I would put it with my morning, like shit. But, but why? Like <laughs> but why? Just drink it. <laughs> Just drink it. But yeah, it's good. I, it's ten percent coconut water. It's only twenty calories. Um, there's two grams of sugar in it. There's two hundred percent of your B12 and two hundred percent of your B6. So, there's also a ton of potassium too. A ton so, wait, of potassium. A, a ton of what, Dustin? 
potassium. Okay, I was gonna say I don't know if it was just like a one-off where you were saying potassium, like you thought you're thinking one thing, but you said potassium because generally people just say potassium. <laughs> Is it not and potassium? It's spelled that way, but no one really does a hard O like that. <laughs> potassium. It's potassium. You're, you're potato. over the O, making it an A. Police. Potato. Poor yeah, you... people. <laughs> I feel like I need to go to Google now and see what the correct pronunciation of this is because I feel like it is potassium, but is I think it, people are you guys I think saying it should people, be potassium. Potassium, yeah, I think it's like like it's a softer O. It's like nobody says Pawtucket, it's Pawtucket, or no one says potato. They're just like potato. True. Mm. You know what? I, I, I'm hearing an A here. And potassium. Yeah. And this very sexy voice on Google. What the fuck's going on here? <laughs> really? I got to check this. James, I don't, you can probably pull up the audio on the stream here. <laughs> like if you no, yeah, type in potassium definition, then hit the little speaker button. Sure. One second. Because it is, uh, it feels like they're like doing it. Uh, oh, you know what I'm saying? Like, where is it? Where, yeah, she, where like, do I sip? You know what it is? No, it's like a little bit innocent girl next door type, but like she has some shit to show you. Mm. Oh, here we go. Where do I open here? Potassium. Oh, that is not no, a different that girl. Is not nice. Here, how about this? Potassium. How do you have a different girl than I have? No. Are you on Google? Yes. How about this one? And you like the little potassium. Also, Definitely different not. girl. How are you getting all these girls? Potassium. <laughs> where do, like, where do, Potassium. Potassium. So weird. How do we all have different voices right now? I don't think. I think you and me have the same one, Dustin. I yeah, think I, I'm on. I'm on. And he's also played like five different ones. I don't know how you got so many different ones. I went to British pronunciation. No, just Google potassium definition, and it's the oh, first one that's definition. there. Definition. I search pronunciation. Yeah. No, just Google no, potassium yeah, okay. definition. It's whatever oh, shows up dictionary. Okay, here. Potassium. There you go. Potassium. There's that sultry <laughs> end to it. Hey, I was wondering Yo, if you would. I was wondering if you would stick it in my potassium. <laughs> it works. I'm not gonna lie, we're, boys. We're down bad if we're like talking about how hot the, the potassium. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while, sir. Yeah. Potassium. Down bad. <laughs> in shambles. <laughs> oh man, that's gonna get played throughout the entire show. Oh God. Potassium. So prime, yes. Lime. Jim, get me some. Yeah, okay, I'll grab you. I will try. I will try it. Just get one, because if I hate it and you spend like ten ninety nine on two no, bottles. I'll drink it. I'll drink it. But it only says one hey. per day. So Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it is it is one per day. And okay. That's fine. I did I did drink one like one every day this past weekend where I was at Greek Town wrestling. And it was cool, man. Like, it the first shows uh, on Friday in Hamilton, which I don't know if you saw my Instagram post, I but did. it was like, I was like, I feel like Lex Luger in Mall of America right now, wearing a a fancy blouse. I was like, get the camera off of him. What's he doing here? Because <laughs> for so long, you know, if you it, if you go back to the the heat, if you will, brother, with uh, Smash Wrestling and A One Wrestling. And that was A1's building back in the day. Dude, the so borders, the borders have opened. Yeah, like it's been, they, they use that building forever, right? Huh. And 
back in the day when A1 was a thing, um, if you worked for Smash Wrestling, you would not get booked for A1 Wrestling. Or and... you wouldn't get booked for Super Kicked. Or you wouldn't get booked for Destiny. Or you <laughs> So a lot of that still actually does happen. Um, I've heard. Th- I know for a fact Super Kick does not want to use anyone who is booked by uh, other Toronto promotions, we'll say. And I know Destiny isn't interested in uh, anyone else who works. It's so ridiculous. Because, like, don't you want guys who are good? And if they're not, if, like, you're just going to use guys that don't get booked? It's like, like every hey, dude whatever. thinks they're fucking Vinnie Mac, bro. Like, it's like, dude, you're Kate, you're. And I get it. You want to differentiate it. We're going to, we'll talk about it at the end. We, yeah, we can, we can put a pin in that. But anyway, potassium. Uh, potassium, <laughs> indeed. Doing a show in that building in Hamilton is just pretty wild. Um, and of course, it being live on Fight TV, and it was there's Impact Wrestling World Championship match. It's just there's, there's, a, there's a moment there in that, during that show on Friday. And I went up to Brad Myers uh, in the locker room after. And I was like, that was weird, Give right? Retro. Yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> like, pull out some potassium. Yeah. <laughs> I said to him, like, that was weird. <laughs> like, that was a wor- like Impact Wrestling World Championship match. And you're the referee. And I'm the commentator. And Josh, like, Josh is Josh. And Josh is the world champion. And, like... Kev's this guy we've known forever, and he's the challenger. Like, this is just, like, we're just a bunch of, like, idiot independent guys. <laughs> and, like, this is the, you know, but this is the world title match. It's just, it's, it's, it's mind-blowing sometimes. It's cool, though. And, and obviously, like, Impact isn't what it used to be, right? Like, it's not the championship you see, but it's still, it's still the world title, right? It's still, it's still pretty cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and you know what? It's, it's also something you, like, you look at that saying, you know, you guys were all there at what you know together at one point and kind of going to i don't know it's just cool when you can kind of look and have something with everyone like that that you know someone kind of close with someone put you there right like or someone wanted you in that position for that moment for that thing which is cool yeah embrace it sir yeah so and the rest of the weekend we had a show in toronto and then a show in london and it's a good time it's it's interesting how like I wish more wrestling promotions did stuff like that, where it's a, a loop of you know Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And it would be cool if we got that every single week and I quit my real job and <laughs> just do this for a living, right? <laughs> it's uh it's an interesting it's a fun little slice of like uh a different life for a few days. So and then you go back to normal again. Before you just kind of peeked on something like that for me. And I always think of this with the movie Office Space because it's sad how true that movie is to office life. It's scary. But you saying that if money wasn't the issue, what would you do with your life then? Because you would like be involved with wrestling and commentate and things like that, right? Like that would be your thing. Kind of like yeah. not what, what you would do with the money, just like as your hobby or as your thing of saying, you know what, if I didn't have to worry about money, that's how I would spend my time. Yeah, like if hypothetically speaking, I were to win the lottery tomorrow. Right, and you needed a I hobby. St- I would still do professional wrestling events. Like yeah. I probably run my own shows if I like could. You know, considering there's so many things that I see that I'm like, oh, this is driving me nuts, and why is this happening? Um, with every wrestling show, that's not specifically Greek Town. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, like that's probably that. what I would do. I mean, <laughs> we don't have time for this, but I can go through for a whole list of things I would do if I won the lottery. 
Yeah. Um, well, yeah. I mean, I think we all could do that. It was more of just trying to say like, is that, that would be like the dream thing for you to do. Yeah. That would be one of like, okay. I, I would want to own a restaurant. I would want to like, uh, I would invest for more into this. I would get us like a studio space and let's just goof around all day doing different shows. Like instead of just doing a, a sports show every week, it would be a turn into a network. Cause we talked about that. Like, it'd be really cool if we could turn this into some kind of network where we have sports and, you know, nerd culture, things like that. Yeah, exactly. Like enough of our show diverse, diver, diverges into professional yeah. wrestling and diverges into, uh, in movies and diver yeah. diverges into comic books and stuff like that. So okay. I think there's an avenue for all that, but like, what about you, Jim? Fuck whatever the fuck I want. I guess that's the you <laughs> two know, chicks it, at the same time, <laughs> yeah, right? Um, Which is a line from the movie, for the record. Yeah, probably something similar. Like I don't know. There's just I would do stuff to keep me busy. I would open like a comic shop or something. I would, you know, break cards. Like what the fuck? I would just I just fill my time with things that I enjoy. Like. You know, I wouldn't do any, like, one specific thing. I think I would, like, Dustin, I would do a bunch of little things that I enjoy that keep me busy. And, I mean, it's not, I don't mean, like, little and, like, oh, I'm playing with dinky cars. I mean, like, um, like, things Just, like, that, endeavors to occupy your time. Yeah, yeah. I, I, honestly, I think for me, and this can sound, like, really, like, cheesy and cliche, I honestly think I would try and take that and start something that is, you know, kind of bigger than me and seeing, you know, and this for me is fitting because Jim knows like my childhood dream is always to be a sports agent and I would never get that close. So I think like secondarily, which is kind of a weird tangent, doesn't really have anything to do with the other, but I would do something that gets more kids that don't necessarily have the money or funds involved in sports in any way shape or form doesn't matter what fucking sport if they want to play soccer everything's covered their sign up their shoes you know shin guards shit like that or you know hockey where is a really big one that would be covered or baseball or just things like that and just things were to like try and remove a lot of barriers for things like that and try to you know start something like that is what i think i would do Hey there, Bezos. Well, I was going to say, like, that actually exists in Jumpstart. You should really look into it. Uh, right, but, like, it's not... They could do so much more. Yeah, probably. And it, that's what bugs me is, you know, like, I watched a commercial the other day where it was, like, Nick Suzuki and Dennis Savard or, or David Savard. Sorry, Dennis Savard. David Savard from the Montreal Canadiens. They're like, yeah, we're donating. And these are 50 packs of starters equipments for kids so that they can... I'm like... Nick fucking Suzuki is making eight sheets a year and he's working with this company and all they can do is 50 bags of equipment for starters for kids. Like get the fuck out of here. It like legit made me angry because they're trying to promote this as like they're doing a lot. No, you're not. Not for what you're making and the corporation that you're partnered with is doing like fuck off. Stupid. Exactly. In the sultry voice of Google. But it, it, I legit got angry because I'm like, this is not enough. And you're trying to tout like it's something grand and it's not because you could be doing so much more. I don't know. And that's part of the reason why when I was growing up, I never, well, I mean, probably no, a number of reasons why I didn't play hockey growing up. But one of the main ones was that it was just so incredibly expensive. So stupidly expensive. Because of that, I was put into soccer as a kid. And that was just the route that I took in life because, you know, it was what was affordable. And 
additionally, not just being affordable, soccer is the most popular sport in the world, really. And I think it's it's most popular sport in the world because of that. And one of the reasons it's also the most popular sport in the world is because the World Cup is it's a it's a scene. It's an absolute uh, powerhouse when it comes to television ratings and just money generated for this sort of thing. And now that it's finally behind us, and we can never talk about Qatar ever again in our life. Fuck that place and Quater. Qatar. I remember. Okay, so here's another thing about Qatar. Um, when they were first announced to host the World Cup, and so this would have been years ago. It's been like 2015. Yeah, it was 2016. When it was announced. 2015, 2016. Yeah. I remember the conversation being that, and maybe I conflated this and like this didn't actually happen, but I, I thought it did and I heard it and maybe I attributed it to something that didn't exist. But I was under the assumption that like part of the reason why they got the World Cup was because they had like this technological advancement of like we're going to um, provide holographic games, like distribute the holographic games everywhere. So the World Cup final of Argentina versus France will air on all these networks, but you can also go down to BMO Field and watch a hologram of this game happening. Um, obviously, that didn't happen. Um, considering we couldn't even get a fucking 4K feed of the World Cup. Because TSN is a fraud broadcaster. Well, it's, um, it's I Bell. It, it, because it's Bell. That's, that's the problem. It, Bell is just the worst of the worst. And I thought originally it was like, oh, okay, it's, it, maybe it's Qatar, right? Like maybe they just don't have 4K cameras ready and available. And maybe it's like one big feed that TSN is just picking up the feed. They're not actually like sending anyone there to do anything, which is obvious. Like their panel was just guys in a studio, right? But... A buddy of mine was watching the game through nefarious means and said he was like watching some UK feed on some network I've never heard of. And it had a 4K feed. And I'm like, well, what, like, what the fuck, man? Why is TSN such shit? <laughs> Why is this a thing? Why? Like, we'll watch a Maple Leafs game. That Bell owns a portion of the Toronto Maple Leafs and they don't have 4K cameras. Out of away games, you only know, at home games. Back to your thing about Qatar and and the technology, dude. I watched the season finale of John Oliver's last week tonight, and the the whole back half of the episode where like he has talks about like the one subject is Qatar in the in the World Cup and how crazy the process was and like how a gross it was that they had no stadiums. They built what five six. In like eight years with like like you should see the migrant workers and the conditions that these dudes were in they were like bathing in there toilets. was guys who died like building yeah. stadiums and they lied about the numbers they they were asked about the heat in qatar because it's like 52 degrees celsius and that's why they even moved it into the fall but you know what qatar said we're gonna have floating panels that provide artificial shade that but like that doesn't stop the heat you fucking morons like that just stops the sun like it's still hot that's, that's direct sunlight not humidity and all the shit that goes with it but that's why they're holding it november right or yeah, december but they presented well, that as an option to do was just make domes <laughs> right and then you air condition the domes and then you can play the games whenever the fuck you want to play the well, games it was air conditioned though the some of the brazilian players complained it was too cold 
on the field. But anyway, <laughs> just, we, go watch that episode. It's on Crave. It's yeah, really it fucking I love crazy. Yeah, really fucking crazy. Well, in any event, there was a game that was played, and a lot of people are saying it was the greatest soccer game played ever. Um, I didn't watch much of it. I watched the end of it on my phone since I was on the road for wrestling. But um, it, it's it's if you look at the box score, it's crazy how for Mbappe soccer? has had three goals. <laughs> Poor guy, and, man. He tried to will that team to win, and they let him down in penalties. 100%. It was nuts, though. Because it wasn't just, oh, it's all of France or all of Argentina. It was the dudes you expected to carry their teams in those moments carried their teams in those moments. Yeah, like, it's, it's kind of, it's funny. It's kind of like, what we always expected the Leafs to do <laughs> just doesn't happen. These Typical guys, Toronto media, bringing it back to the Leafs. Bringing it back to the Leafs. But um, it was crazy. Like, when Messi scored with 10 minutes left, I was like, holy shit, he's done it. And then when Mbappe scored, like, when they got a penalty, I'm like, Mbappe's taking it. I'm like, he fucking kisses the ball, so he's obviously going to score. And uh, I was just like, that's fucking... And then, and then... Not a lot of people are talking about this. Messi, with the absolute fucking balls. Oh, to, to light kick, tap that penalty? Yeah, that no. penalty was oh. But it's not even the light tap the penalty. That's the same shot Maradona took in 1986. Go go oh, look it up. It? It's the exact same shot. Like, no word of same spot, same pace, same everything. Go look it up. It's the oh, exact same shot. But Which that's is cheeky. That's that's going to be that and it's going to be mostly from obviously the point of view of Messi and following it around. But that's something they're going to make a movie out of one day or some kind of documentary or whatever. Oh, the documentary is already half done for sure. Yeah. They, they're probably producing it on the way. Um, do, you, do you think this cements him as and I know your favorite player, Jimmy, is Batistuta. So I'm sorry. But do you think this cements Messi as the greatest soccer player? I of mean, this generation. When you, when you look at that trophy case, though, he arguably did more with less, especially with Argentina as a team, you know, gold medal, then the World Cup and things like that. Because, yeah, Pele was amazing, but he had much more talent around him than Messi did on those international teams. And, you know, same with, you could argue Mbappe has more around him on France than, you know, Messi did with Argentina. And some of those other guys that are held up in that esteem arguably played on better international squads than Messi did. And then you just look like two-time World Cup player of the tournament and, you know, all the Ballon d'Ors and the golden boots that he's worn throughout the leagues and then cementing this with a World Cup. We're announcing that it's going to be your last and then going out and performing like that with all that kind of pressure and people talking about it. Unreal. You know what I think? I think we we talk about Messi, and that's imagine being the goalkeeper that stopped. Like you solidified Messi's career yeah. by making a stop. And the Selly with the golden glove after, he just holding it. He's like, ah. And but think about that. You don't make that stop. Messi doesn't get talked above Ronaldo. Like think that that's that's what I think is a weird concept to me. Is like that dude made another dude's career. 
You know what I mean? Well, not I, I don't not like obviously made his career, but I think he solidified him as the greatest. Like it, I'm saying. he had a hand in it. No pun intended. Yeah, exactly. But I think he contributed directly to say, you know, it's not like Messi went out, had a hat trick, and Argentina won three to one, and that's it. And you know, kind of that's the story. It's that Messi did all this, and the goalkeeper played a part by making that save, which. Was he almost saved Mbappe's first one too? He got a yeah. hand on it. It's just yeah. he put so Mbappe put so much into that kick that it just it glanced off the hand, but it was unreal. And I I was obviously happy to see Messi get it because I think between him and Ronaldo, I'm more of a Messi guy. I think just his quiet nature of just going about doing his business, I personally gravitate towards more than the outward. I don't chase history. History chases me type mentality fucks like Ronaldo. So that to me kind of, you know, made me happy as like a neutral party. Yeah, definitely for me, neutral party. Like I don't give a fuck about Argentina or France. But if we're talking about Messi versus Ronaldo, let's remove the fact that I believe, I don't know if this is true or not, but I believe Ronaldo is a douchebag. Um, and again, I don't know if that's true or not. But that's the impression I get based on his attitude. Do you remember that time where, I don't remember what tournament it was, but Ronaldo sits down at this press conference and there's like a bottle of Coca-Cola. In front oh, and he moves it? And he moves the Coke. He's like, drink water. It's like, motherfucker, we're not here to like, this is about you. Like, uh, the, the Coke is there and they pay for this sponsorship like it's but he's not sponsored by them so he can't <sighs> fucking dick Anyways, but like um he could have easily just not made as big of a scene about it in that moment i think like he could have just course. removed moved it off to the side or kind of maybe like just taken it off the table put it down and not made a comment uh, or just to... been or just been an adult about it <laughs> just ignored it like no, I agree. what about the ads that are on your jersey bud what about the ads that are all over the field but I digress. Let's remove the fact that I don't like Ronaldo. If we're just putting up player for player, Messi and Ronaldo, I would gravitate towards Messi just because for no other reason than he is five foot seven. <laughs> and maybe it's, it, maybe it's a short guy thing. And I'm like, and I gravitate to like other athletes who are my size. And I can appreciate the fact that not only are they excelling, in professional sports, but they're doing it essentially with a disadvantage. Like any time yeah. you're up against someone who's bigger, stronger, and faster than you, you are at a disadvantage. He is inherently at a disadvantage because he is so small. So the fact yeah. that he's able to even be in the conversation of one of the best soccer players of all time and still be five foot seven, I think that's one of the most incredible things about it. And that's that for me is why I would say it's not even a contest between him and Messi and between him and Ronaldo. Because if you flip it and you say, I don't know how big Ronaldo is, but I imagine he's like a normal sized adult human. He's no, probably I, like I five ten. Like, five, no, I think he's like six foot. Yeah, what, like I mean, he's a probably an average sized adult human being who is an athlete. Obviously, I'm not taking anything away from the guy. He's an, he's a professional athlete, and I'm sure he is a very good professional athlete. I mean, he's proven to be a very good professional athlete. And all his children are born out of test tubes, and I'm sure they'll be even better professional <laughs> athletes. But the fact that Messi does it at his size, that's why I would easily, hands down, pick Messi over Ronaldo. Ronaldo 6'2". 
Six two. Yeah. <laughs> so that kind of just lends to your argument a little more. Sure does. Right. Um, no, like I mean, obviously, I don't know, you know, the association you have, obviously, but um, I would say it's I like I said, it's just it's the quiet confidence of just going out there doing your business. And, you know, I don't know. What do you think, Jim? Yeah, I think it's it's all those things. I think there there's a I mean it's not like he's not humble. Um but like the most humble, but definitely significantly more humble than Ronaldo. Um I think, you know, like you said, it's just a it's less brash, less you know you just you don't want to punch him in the face, and I think that's enough. Like that's. <laughs> I mean, simplifying it, that's pretty much it, right? You know, it's just, you don't have a like I look at Ronaldo's face, stupid or... smile, and I'm like, I just want to. Oh. Just want to punch like, him in the teeth, dude. I like, oh, like I think of things that I could swing at his teeth. Like it doesn't, and the different sounds or impacts they would make, like lead pipe versus baseball bat. You know, like which one's better. Um, you know, what would it, have a greater yeah a bat know? has velocity but a lead pipe is real tough like you know i don't and if i could just get one swing no i i think simplifying it down to just that then yeah i feel you yeah less punchy punch well speaking of uh getting punched in the face the Toronto Maple Leafs made a trade for dryden hunt this uh is there any Past more afternoon. of a hockey name than like Dryden Hunt? <laughs> Dryden's a weird name to begin with, but well, hey, you know what? Ken Dryden. Oh, uh, very well could be. Dryden's well, now, now a. There's two Leafs with the name Dryden. And there could be more, actually. You never know. Well, we no, there's, look the that goalie. Up there's the goalie that they signed out of the NCAA. And then there's. Oh, I thought guy. you meant historically. No, I mean currently. <laughs> Well, Ken Dryden was also a president of the team, so three. Yeah. So anyway. Dryden Hunt is your newest Toronto Maple Leaf. He was acquired today for <laughs> the, the 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 great Gino Mulgan is Jim's favorite player in the history of Toronto Maple Leafs. I you know, I said this to you guys earlier today. I'm like, I wish we had the time and the ability and we have the ability. We don't have the time. We're just or, lazy. <laughs> yeah. To go back and find the episode where I had posed the question to you guys. Will Gino Mulgan be a Toronto Maple Leaf by December? And I think everyone unanimously said no. <laughs> it's not yeah. a chance. This yeah. guy's still going to be on the team by December. Now, he lasted a bit longer. It is December 19th by the time he got traded. I really think that Mulgan has pictures of... Kyle Dubas doing something nefarious. And that is how he keeps ending up on this fucking team. And every time they give him a shot, they realize, why is this guy on the team? He's not any good. Like, he's okay. But, like, it, the way it seems that he's, he's constantly brought back. And I say constantly. It's happened, like, twice. But still. It's, I think the, the, the issue is, like, the first trade for Marchment, it was like, what the fuck are we doing here? Like, Marchment... Re, but remove the fact that Marchment had an incredible year. The makeup of the player that Marchment is is exactly what the Maple Leafs needed. And the makeup of the player that Mulligan is is the exact type of player they didn't really need another of. 
So I think for me, that's where the sticking point was, where I'm like, I don't understand this trade. And then, you know, he gets moved and then he gets brought back again again. And we're all shaking our heads. What the fuck was going on? Why are we bring this guy back again? And now he's been moved again. And so here's the thing. Here's my assumption as to what's going on here. And I could be wrong. But I, I assume that because Callie Yarncrook is crook, Callie's back today. And Callie. Callie's going to be playing on the second line. So that means they have a player that needs to go out off the roster. Mulgan was probably going to be that guy. So your options are to put him on waivers to get rid of him. And if you put Mulgan on waivers, you're probably going to get claimed for something. Mm-hmm. And then you lose him for nothing. Well, this way you go out, you make a trade, and you bring in a player who is less likely to be claimed in the waivers process. That's my assumption of what happened here. Now, that's not to say that Dryden Hunt can't contribute to this team because, at least from what I've heard about him, because honestly, I know jack shit about him. And I don't think you can blame me for not knowing a whole lot about him. And frankly, I don't know if the Maple Leafs know a lot about him because he didn't come from Sault Ste. Marie. So I don't know if they even know who this guy is. I think they're just like, yo, an asset? I'll take an asset instead of losing a guy for nothing. But the, the one thing that really jumps off the page with Dryden Hunt, did you look at his stats from junior? It's not bad. It's obscene. Now, if, okay, so... Granted, let's, he, let's preface this. George's LaRock had like a 120-point season in junior. Also, okay. Yeah, also, yes. Dryden Hunt's also now 27. So junior was a little bit of a ways ago. So, okay, so he started his junior career in 2011-2012. So, yes, it was a while ago. And he uh, did something that you don't see a lot of players do. And he played one, two, three, four. It says yeah, five years. He played five years in junior. So he's an so overager. He played an overager year in junior. But his overager, overage uh, season, he played 72 games in his overage season. Can you guess how many goals he scored in his overage season? I'm guessing he went full Kramer. 58. I'm gonna say 58 is, the, 58 is the number. Did you know that? You nailed 58. Oh, I, I just, yeah, I just guessed that. I swear to God. 58 goals, 58 assists for 116 points. <laughs> now, to be fair, he's like a 20, you know, 21 year old adult playing with 16 year olds. Was also undrafted. He was undrafted. So, so the point is, is he going to contribute on this team to a meaningful way? Probably not. Um, I think he can. Based on what I've heard about him, it sounds like he's a gritty kind of guy. He might be a guy who's gonna, you know, if he was go in the cor- corners and yeah. do the dirty things, which is well, if he was what if he need. was on the team, like as it currently stands, he's second in the team in hits, right behind Zach Aston Reese. So, I think what this does, because if you think about Yarn Croc coming back, right, like none of the guys the Leafs have right now is your ideal second line winger. Like none of them are. Right? Engvall's not the guy. Kerfoot, you're not that guy, pal. Like, not that guy. Yarncroc, you're not that guy, pal. Right? So, what this does is it allows, and we talk about this quite often, guys to slot in where they're best fit. So, in my mind, Kampf, Reese, Hunt can make a pretty pesky solid fourth line right and then your third line is Kerfoot, Yarncroc, Engvall 
and then your second line is next guy, whoever next guy is. Um, because I don't think any of the other guys are, and and to be like I wouldn't put Engvall on the fourth line. I wouldn't put Engvall on this team. <laughs> I see the TikToks. It's so funny, you know the the my heart will go on TikTok meme where it's oh, just yeah. some dude sitting on a kayak or whatever it is, and it's like Engvall strolling into another game to have zero shots and zero whatever zero goals and zero hits. Um, it honestly feels like the game slows down to a crawl when he touches the puck. And for a dude who's apparently supposed to be so fucking fast. He just can't think the game. That's the problem. He can't think the game at the pace that it runs. Um, or no, he just he can't play at the speed with the puck that he does without the puck. So what I think this does actually is it is it solidifies a little bit of fourth line for these guys or gives them an opportunity to solidify it. So now you're not out there looking for other pieces you can start addressing what you need with what you have um because i don't like mulgan mulgan's not your ideal any player on this team he didn't fit the fourth line he didn't really fit the second line and your third line was already kind of jammed like this team has like 400 third liners do you know what i mean so you trade one of those third liners you get a solid fourth line player that's the role for that guy Right, so I think it just allows you to to be more flexible with with your pieces and start start looking at the board and saying, okay, like these are the guys that I have and these are what I need them to do and this is where I need them to play. Um, so I like I wouldn't be shocked if something else is coming along those lines because again, let's say you let's say you deal an Angval or a Kerfoot, like there are guys in the system like like Joey Anderson can like could do Angval's job tomorrow, right? Like. Let's be honest. So, well, Pontus Holmberg's done very well in his role so far. Pontus Holmberg, right? Like these are that's what I'm saying. Like there's they they need to find a way to get a, a second line winger at least until Matthew Nice comes. And I mean, again, I'm not saying this kid's the answer at 19, but he's he's going to oh, get a crack at it. So, my whole thing is I think they see how the top works with, you know, Matthew's having a grinder on that line and then another skilled guy and they're trying to replicate that with the second line and as you said they're probably waiting for nice who's a bigger body who can get in there get the puck simple game for a young guy coming into the league saying hey don't try and do too much just get in there get the puck that's going to be the plan for him so it's like hey what's someone else that is kind of like michael bunting that we can get that's not going to be super expensive and then this came up and so my feeling on it is to say, hey, <clears throat> let's try this out. If not, at least he gives us something. Maybe he doesn't work on the second line as just an interim basis for a couple weeks, but he kind of has that gritty slash go get the puck mentality like bunting that can do that on the Tavares line because Malgan isn't that. Like he's tenacious and he, you know, he gets on it and you you love like his energy and you love his drive, but physically that's he's not up to snuff to be able to do that. And then I think whenever whoever the more complete or more fitting person to be that second line left winger is, when he drops down to either the third or fourth line, where he's probably more effective and probably slotted more to his skill set, he brings a dynamic that you know, is more in line than just guys being down there saying, now we want you to play this way when they don't really play that way. Um, 
and any guy who's willing to take a run at any Bruin player and then turn around and start feeding another Bruin player in the <laughs> face, I'm totally okay with because no one on this team does that right now. Well, I don't, I don't actually, I don't think this guy's getting a crack at the second line. I think Yaron Kroc takes that until. Well, yeah, but I, I think that he might, might get the see, third. Well, you might see, you know, a few shifts, or you might see like a game if something's not going so well, or Yaron Kroc's coming back from injury and maybe he's a little slower to the pace that he does. But I like Yaron Kroc was fine on that line before he got hurt. Yeah, I mean, Hunt has like one goal in twenty six games, so I don't think. And he doesn't have like a lot of assists or anything, so I think I think he's there to be, like, eventually you need guys who are just there not to fuck it up, right? Like that's you well, keep that's the team like you're. What they it's say like, he is, he's reliable, right? Like right, he doesn't it's like, make mistakes. It, it's like clock management, right? Like you just need guys to go out there, eat time, especially when you're winning yeah. or in a tie game, and you have this kind of firepower. You just need guys to eat the clock, and you know I think that's what that fourth line is going to do eventually. Also, I know this is completely off topic, but man, I have it on the side here. And when all these like Oilers fans freak out and be like, our top two players are putting up the most points in the league. And I was like, yeah, but you guys aren't even in a playoff spot right now. So what does that do for you? It's just hilarious because they're getting kind of dummied by Nashville right now. It's only two to one, but man, Nashville is just running over them. What do you think? What do you think about all the noise around the team with certain players? Like, what like, do you think about the noise surrounding the the news that apparently leaked that Dubas had said that a target would be Ryan O'Reilly? I mean, depends on what that's costing you. But, I mean, he's UFA, and if St. Louis isn't in it, and he's like, hey, I want another shot, I mean, he's their captain. He arguably, like I said, put that team on his back to win them a cup. He was that, the con Smythe. Is that another Nick Foligno? No, I think he's much better than Nick Foligno. And if you want someone reliable to eat minutes in a tight game who's been in those situations to win, Ryan O'Reilly's your guy. Like, you're not going to find a better, you know, one and a half minutes left. You're up three to two in a game seven. Who, like, if you were to say, name me three players in the NHL that you want on the ice at that time, I guarantee you it's Ryan O'Reilly, Mark Stone, and probably what, Roman Yossi? Yeah. So. I mean, if that if that is the case, I'd be happy if they went out and got Luke Shen for whatever and 800K and Ryan O'Reilly. Because could you imagine Ryan O'Reilly as like your second line left winger, your third line center? You only need to, uh, St. Louis to eat 25% to the end of the year too, right? Because if you think about it, that, that Luke Shen money and Ryan O'Reilly slightly reduced is Muzzin money. So I'm... I'm saying this too. You also have to remember, Kerfoot's probably going the other way in that deal. Ryan O'Reilly is currently making 7.5. Right. And so if you're saying 25% of that, I don't have my calculator in front of me, but well, yeah, I th- guess you're looking at five something, right? Right. And then if Kerfoot's going the other way, so that means Ryan O'Reilly really only costing you an extra 2 million. And then if you want them to eat 50%, you're probably throwing in a couple picks or a mid-level prospect at this point. And for them to eat 50% and then they're taking Kerfoot and you're giving them, you know, a second round pick and a mid-level prospect. I don't think that gets it done. No, I don't. You're going to have to give up a high-level prospect and probably a first. I mean, at this point. I think it starts at that conversation. Okay, so then I'm going to say this then. At this point, at what point does it become that 
the Leafs have to start dealing their first round pick. Like they have historically, but the past couple of years, they're like, no, we don't want to do that. But at some point, well, they, they traded it for, <laughs> they for Felino. They traded their first round pick. Well, they? they also traded it to get rid of Patrick Marlowe's contract. Yeah. But still, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like the team, like, if you're in that position to go for it, your first round pick means nothing. Yeah, this I year. agree. I, right? I, I think you're, you're St. Louis. You're probably, because yeah, Nyes is probably like, 99.9% he's off the table. So then you're looking at probably a Ty Voigt and a first mm-hmm. with the season Ty Voigt's having. I yeah. think you're looking at Rasmus Sandin is what you're looking at. Or Tape Niemala. And that's Yeah, yeah I, I think but I think it would be a defenseman like that that goes out, whether it's a Lulegrain or a Sandin. And that way you have room for Luke Shen when he comes in. Yeah, if that's part of the big plan, right? What, like a three-team swing? I mean, you could also do a three-team swing where it's, you know, O'Reilly goes through Vancouver to Toronto and each of them eat like 20%. Well, Vancouver is right at the cap to the dime. That's the problem. That's true. So they could, they wouldn't be the, the swing team. But I could see but something. You, like It's not the same division, so. we all And we all know, too, that, you know, math it works differently in the NHL than it does for us normals, right? So It, it also works. Like, yeah, it works differently for the Toronto Maple Leafs, too. Yeah. Nevertheless, we I think there are more trades coming for the Maple Leafs. And I think another Toronto team that needs to start making some trades might be the Toronto Raptors, who, as of time of recording, have lost five in a row. It looks like they're about to lose six in a row here to the 76ers. And it's getting to a point now. We are three years removed from the NBA championship. We are two years removed from Kyle Lowry. At what point is it now time to say this isn't working? And maybe a, I don't know if it's a, it's a full rebuild, but maybe a retool of what they have here. Because at least as of the way they're playing now, Siakam isn't it. And don't get me wrong. I like Pascal Siakam. I think Pascal Siakam is a fantastic, like, complimentary piece. He doesn't have that, <laughs> the rest of the team around him right now. Um, I think it's probably time to start looking at moving out Van Vliet, moving out Pascal Siakam, moving out Gary Trent, and seeing what young pieces and, that you can bring in and start starting over with, from the draft. Because Scotty Barnes is good. It's very really good. And but, only going to get better. Of course. But man, the well, last couple of games, they've been sending Bo Cruz out there. Like, this is, <laughs> this did, ain't the answer, guys. Did you hear uh, Fred, Van v- Fred Van Vliet's comments yesterday? I don't think I, I did. I feel bad do, for that guy because he goes out there and for you? the media every night. Do I play it for you? Sure. Sure. If you have yeah, it, it's not really a one guy thing at this point. You know, obviously, we are having all of our best players helps. You know, just having the top guys. I don't really think we're built to um, have a ton of injuries or deal with a ton of injuries. So we need our, our top guys to be available and to play their best. Um, so um, obviously, we'll be happy to have them back. But we got work to do with or without them, and um, you know, hopefully, can shore up some of those areas. But uh, we got we got uh, we got work to do. So we're not built. In- <laughs> we're not built to deal with these injuries. Essentially, is what he's saying. 
they have a short bench. They don't have, they don't, they're not. They've got six guys that they can reliably put out there. Well, and I mean, if that, like, I think. When healthy. Yeah, I think that's the problem, right? They've gone through a ton of injury problems. And it's funny, like, the Raptors have the same, the same issue the Leafs do. They have, like, four of the same player. Like, how many stretch wings can you have on a team? Like, Barnes. Pascal and Anobi, like they can all be the same guy. And well, arguably, I think that's the game they're wanting to play, though. I think that's the the versatility of the team is what they're looking for. And you're, I mean, you may be right. Like they need something else, like a different. Pieces, but then someone's got to shoot. Well, <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, Van Vliet is historically a much better shooter than this so you think maybe he'll come out of it but he can't be the only one no. like nobody's You're knocking right. down like shots you know and i i just i feel like you know they and like gary trent's out now he didn't start today's game and it was back in not playing it's just and like it's pascal's, just and pascal's missing uh, free throws in the fourth quarter so that's that's always good it's just musical chairs man for a guy who's on max money too with Pascal, you don't you're not missing. Listen, I've been the biggest Pascal shit talker, but that dude's been kind of on a heater for the last two years. But it's just not enough. They're they're not. We've said this for years, which you is not his fault necessarily. They're just not building around anybody. That's the they're well, not. That, that's exactly that's my point. So like Pascal, you're saying Pascal's on a heater and he's been playing well. Get rid of him. But, get what you can from him. But there's no one else around him. So they're not giving him the help. Exactly what Van Vliet's saying. They're not built for this. I, yeah. I, I just think, like you said off the top with this, is, <clears throat> excuse me, I think it's about time to stop holding on to what they were three years ago because they're not what they were three years ago. You have a fantastic starter piece in Scotty Barnes. And I know it's not in Masai's DNA, but man, I think... If you're gonna tank, this is when you do it. Well, right? You get what yeah. you can for Van Vliet. You get what you can with Siakam. You get another piece to build with Barnes, and then you have one, two, maybe one of the young guys you get back in one of those deals is a third piece that you can build and start essentially ground up. And I don't mean like a full fire sale or scorched earth like the Leafs did or <clears throat> shit like that. I think it's more of you have. It, it's almost like you don't know which direction you want to go. Like you want to have young guys on this team and you want them to develop, but you want them to develop quicker than they probably should be. And then you have a bunch of guys like hanging on to the former, you know, championship team that doesn't have the same Kyle Lowry, Kawhi Leonard guys around them that can deliver. So I just think it's a team without a direction at this point. Every time the Raptors have lost five in a row, well, not every time. But there's a, a pattern, a historical pattern, where the Raptors have lost five in a row, and Ujiri makes a change. Uh, the Rudy Gay trade came after five, like when he's shipping Rudy Gay out, came after five in a row. Um, I forget there was uh, there was a couple others, um, but that was one of them. I was reading an article. I just wouldn't be surprised. The one thing the Raptors really miss is a, is a is a true big. Um, you know, Thaddeus Young is great, but he's still under seven foot. Um, you know, you know who the Ra- I keep saying this. You know who the Raptors would have been fantastic having and acquiring right now would be Jonas Valanciunas. That guy would be perfect on this team. Um, but 
he's on what the Pelicans, and they're currently one two with the Grizzlies in the West. So I think he's doing pretty well for himself <laughs> over there. But they, it's just ugh. I don't, I just I don't know. I don't know what. Like Christian Coloco, Coloco is 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 starting. Christian, their their first round pick, who's like. Never, never. Like he drafted out of Africa or something, didn't he? He's starting. I don't know where he got drafted out of, but yeah, he, it, it's not someone you would feel overly comfortable starting in his first year in the, in the league. He's got potential. He's two sure, years yeah, away from two years. He's two years away from being two years away. <laughs> it's one of the greatest lines ever. <laughs> that, that, honestly, when I heard that, I was so dumbfounded because it was so brilliant. And how he delivered it, I was like, that's the greatest comment on a prospect that you shouldn't have been probably drafting. Yeah, so I just like, and I'm not saying Coloco is, is not going to be a contributor on this team. It just can't be no, now. that was uh, Bruno Caboclo. Yeah. <laughs> it just can't. It Ironically, just can't, the names are very similar. <laughs> it just can't be now. Um, I, I kind of agree with you. I think they need like a major shakeup. Um, and... Uh, one of the I don't think Van Vliet goes. I think you need that he's too much like Lowry, I think, in his drive, his his ability to drag a team. Um I think it's gotta be one of Pascal or or OG. And listen, Pascal's on a heater, but you could probably get a decent return. Um so yeah, I don't know. I I would be looking at one of those two. And I love OG. Maybe See now I'm liking the other two because of versatility. I'm like, yeah, I like OG because his versatility. Maybe Pascal's the one that that goes. I don't know. Well, Pascal is definitely the biggest name. Yeah. So that's you're gonna get the biggest return for Pascal, and I think that's what the way you got to look at it. Right now, the Raptors are like five games back from the bottom of the Eastern Conference and but they're like eight games back from the top of the Eastern Conference. So I know it's like sky is falling the last five in a row, almost six in a row. This game's gonna overtime. Um but that East is like it could, it's notorious now for losing teams in the NBA to make the playoffs. Especially with the yeah, play in yeah, now. Right now Atlanta is fifteen and fifteen in that final uh spot. And plus there's also the play in nonsense in the NBA, right? So uh, theoretically, the Raptors are in a playoff spot in tenth place. That's what I mean, right? <laughs> Which is ludicrous to say, but like, yeah, how they're many, in tenth place, and they have how many more years does Giannis have on his contract? We I, can't bank on that. Yeah. Well, no, I say that. Did you see the thing with uh, Serge in his latest, like, uh, like cooking with Serge, whatever thing? the fuck, or, yeah, yeah. The cooking or Serge or whatever. And it's recent. It's not old. It's new. He has Giannis on, and he goes, "So when are you going to play in Toronto?" And Giannis laughed and said, don't ask me that. Well, he's saying don't ask me that because I can't answer that. Right. I know. But right. Like, because maybe the answer is, is he wants to. Because everyone knows that like the reason dude, he's in the NBA is because of Masai. Where there's smoke, there's fire. I have a theory that the reason he signed in Milwaukee is Giannis is a good dude. I have a theory that he felt like he owed it to the city to see if he could deliver one more. And if he couldn't, he was going to go chummy chummy with Masai. So... You just wait. Greek Town Wrestling, new champ, Jonathan Tenacumbo. Yeah, the Greek freak making an appearance at Greek Town Wrestling, but it huge. writes itself. Decker out there like Tony Khan. The Greek. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan. I mean, I, 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 I was a 
there actually was a professional uh, athlete at the Greek Town show in Hamilton. It was a, a linebacker for the uh, Hamilton Tiger Cats. Oh, you saw the lesser. Oh, Brad team. Myers must okay. have been wetting his pants. Oh no, Brad Myers was very happy. It was uh, Simone Lawrence, I believe, is his name. Yeah. Uh, okay. Apparently, a big wrestling fan. You sit in front row. He had the Impact Wrestling title on his shoulder during that. That's match. cool. It was, nice. it was cool. Uh, there's so many people going up to him taking pictures uh, during the show, which was that's because Hamilton. That's all they have is the tie cast. <laughs> so, um, but True. no, and, like and it's Giannis is. I I think it like if you think of logistically, it makes sense for one the raptors and two for Giannis, especially you know for what Masai's done with them but kind of beyond that i just think in the current state of the team right now it always bothers me when teams are in the position that the raptors are in and say yeah well we're still on the hunt and blah 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 if you're not you know top six you're not in the hunt i'm sorry also, that plane is not being in the hunt. Look, look at the other teams. Like you, you think even if you're in the hunt, even if you were in the hunt, if this Raptors team was, if this Raptors team was twelve and seven, okay, or twelve and you know, it was fifteen and fifteen for the Hawks. Let's say they were twenty and ten, okay. This exact Raptors team. You think they got a shot? Against, against the, the Pelicans or the Pelicans, like if they made no. it to the finals, the dude Zion would even, Zion would stomp like lift his leg and oh, stomp. Oh, he'd have on a sixty-five each, point game. Each one of these mans. I would like to point out that uh, Giannis is signed through twenty twenty-six, and but I think he, he has, has an opt-out. He has an opt-out in twenty twenty-five. Right. So he, he could also request, saying. he could also request a trade. But that's perfect timing for him he because Scotty would be more mature. He wouldn't request a trade. But I think, I think if if he let me put it to you this way, and I know again this is Toronto conjecture, but hear me out here. You win a championship, right? Did he win the championship before or after the contract? I think it was the first year in signing it. He won it. He signed the contract in. The 2021-2022 season is when he got the contract. I don't remember when they won the championship. Anyways, go on. Well, let's look that up because it's really important to my theory here. So, Gianna signed a contract. It was a five-year deal. It was worth uh, $228,000. $28 million. Um, <laughs> Wait, so they won uh, in 2020, 2021. Yeah, and then he signed the deal. No, he signed after they won the championship. Though. Right. Think about it like this. You win the title there, you can't leave. Sure you, you can. can't. No, I did. No, yes, I did what I had to do and gave your your city a title. I'm going to go now chase the money he's, and leave. No, he's not that type of guy. Like, think about it this way. He wins a title. He doesn't want to leave because he doesn't want to look like a money chaser. He gives them five years to win another title. If they don't... He has the ability to say, listen, I gave you five more years. We didn't win a title. I'm going to go win another title. Do you know what I mean? It's way easier for him to, to give them a window. Not easier, but a little more digestible to give them a window. And if it doesn't happen within that window, it's probably there's an argument for him to leave. But you can't, like, there's no argument for you to leave when you just won a title. Like, look at Kawhi. <clears throat> right look at what everyone says about Kawhi. actually he's the perfect example that guy, every every pundit in the nba 
That guy's a fucking moron for leaving Toronto. Toronto would have had an, they had a good record the year after without him. They would have won. Probably. I mean, that they would have. Yeah, they would have been very deep in contention for sure. Right. So, do you want to be another Kawhi? I mean, it didn't work out. Like they didn't win back to back. But at the end of the day, you leave. People are probably saying, "What are you fucking doing?" Yeah. I you know. I I just think this this team needs to. I I think the way they are now and the status quo was not good enough. And just saying, hey, we're in 10th, we're in the play-in position, not good enough. At that point, you know you're not going to push yourself into 6th or 7th. So do what you got to do to kind of take a step back, take a breath, maybe a little bit of a minor reset. Bob's your Yeah, I think, I think we're all on the same page there. I think the Raptors are going to need to do something while they can, and now is probably the time. Uh, now is also the time for you to go to our sponsor and check them out. This episode, of course, is brought to you by Now Your Treasures. Now Your Treasures are purveyors of licensed fine art prints for movies, comics, TV, and video games. Sourced from galleries in the US and UK, which include artists from all over the world. Visit Now Your Treasures on Instagram and send them a DM, 43.6, to receive 43% off any order. All orders are shipped with tracking and complimentary insurance. View the entire ever-expanding inventory at nowyourtreasures.ca or .com, N-O-W-Y-O-U-R-T-R-E-A-S-U-R-E-S.ca or .com. And remember, go over to Instagram, look up Now Your Treasures, and send them a DM, 43.6, to receive 43% off your next order. Potassium. Potassium. Potassium indeed. indeed. Ah, very nice. Speaking of potassium, um, <laughs> no, nah, I don't have anything for that. Um, <laughs> he tried to force that transition. You know, really actually, I got really one ready. You know who could have used more potassium? Oh, there are we go. going here? Mac Jones? Are we going that way? We are going to the NFL. That was my next uh, thing on the list here. Uh, week 15 has come and gone, with the exception of the Monday night game that's happening right now. And that will be an interesting one with Baker Mayfield on the on the field. And I started him in fantasy this week because I am uh, in trouble without Lamar Jackson. Nevertheless. And so will the Ravens. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, my fantasy season's over. I'm just grasping the straws at this point. But week 15 was an interesting week, to say the least. We had a very competitive game between um, one trash team called the New York Jets and... Uh... <laughs> he calls it competitive. <laughs> that's, well, that's... I mean, it's a competitive game against the Detroit Lions, for Christ's sake. Yeah. And don't look now, but the Detroit Lions are 7-7, seven and seven, the same record as, as one New York Jets. Yeah, and probably still in the same position in, in their respective divisions in terms of chasing a playoff spot. They the, Both teams need a lot of good things to happen around them, and they need to do their part. Um, the Lions, listen, the Lions have an elite offense. They do. And if you think DeAndre Swift and Amon Ross St. Brown are elite weapons that Jared Goff is exploiting, and, you know, Jared Goff being a, a pocket guy, those two weapons are built for him, right? Um, they have a shit defense. Um, that's why they end up in so many shootouts. The Jets have a... N elite defense that 
listen, and this wasn't Zach Wilson's fault. Like, Zach Wilson came in, played a decent game, and I'm not going to get too much into it, but um, involved his receivers a little more than... The Jets don't have the run game that they need right now. Uh, some timely throws at the end of the game to Uzuma and um, Garrett Wilson, some big gains by Garrett Wilson. Um, you know, Zach scrambled out of the pocket and made some throws, which is great. The one thing I will say is the clock management was so bad. They, they should have called a timeout, and they didn't, but whatever. The Jets, listen, Destiny's in their hands a little bit. They play the Dolphins last game of the year. They play the Seahawks, and they play... Who do they play on Thursday? They play. They think Seahawks Thursday, and then they play somebody else after. So the Jets uh, play the Jags on this Thursday. Jags Thursday, TK's yeah, team. Yeah, Jags, Seahawks, and then Dolphins. So it's a little bit in their in their destiny to do it. I don't think the Pats are gonna. I think the Pats are out now, or at least they're they're pretty close to being out because they got. I think they got to play the Dolphins. Um, so if the Jets can do another big win against Miami at the end of the season, they might sneak in there, but they have to run the table and you know, that's, it's going to be a tall order because Seahawks have played pretty decent this year. Not as worried about the Jaguars, but well, I mean, Jags are right behind the Jets right now. So the Jets are seven and seven. The Jags are six and eight. So right now, there's a lot of teams in the hunt. Yeah, there is still the Jags are still in the hunt. Like they haven't been eliminated. They're six and eight. They have absolutely have a chance in the next three games to all grab those teams that do last right. Spot. The Jets, the Jags, the who else Patriots. is in that? Patriots. There's somebody else that's the in Raiders, there. the yeah. Browns, the Steelers are all six and eight. So no, excuse me, six and eight teams are the, the Steelers, Ravens. the Browns, the Raiders, and the Jags. Just talk about the uh, the AFC, oh. and then your seven and seven teams are your uh, Jets and your Patriots. So there's seven teams that are all fighting for that, you know, seventh and sixth seed in the AFC that are currently being held by the Chargers and uh, Dolphins that are eight and six. So there's a lot of happening there in the next three games. A lot's going to be decided. Absolutely. Uh, But that Thursday night game of the Jags and the Jets is a massive. Massive. Huge. Probably the big, you know what's crazy? The Jets have been getting primetime spots in these games because of the meaning of their games like they got the cbs game this afternoon or yesterday afternoon they're getting the thursday night like this thursday night game is probably the best thursday night game of the year and i'm not saying that as a jets fan thursday night games usually fucking suck well, the thursday yes, nights they, have been trash. but not only <laughs> they've wait, been real not, bad <laughs> not only not only is this two teams like dire in need of the the playoff hunt storyline they're not terrible they're both not terrible and it's the number one draft pick versus the number two draft pick. That's true. So there's a lot of storylines in this in this game that make it a very like Amazon's like finally right like. Trevor Lawrence <laughs> should have been a jet. Trevor Lawrence should have been a jet. So it's uh, well if, if I mean that actually that conversation came up recently like if you went and redid this draft we don't have time for this conversation but like I think Justin Fields is probably the guy who's the number one pick right. I mean, if you say today, yes. If you say yeah. in five years, it's going to be Trevor Lawrence. Potentially. Or Trey oh, Potassium, potentially. Potentially. We don't even know if uh, well, what Trey Lance is going to be. He may never play with Brock Purdy around. But that, hey, that dude is 
like, but you know, he's like Gardner Minshew though. Right. Where he comes from nowhere, plays really good. People get hyped on him. Then he's just going to disappear. You're probably right. <laughs> I just, was, but, it, was it a legit quote though? Hold on. Was it a legit quote that Gardner Minshew had where he's like, <laughs> where someone asked that, you know, what's it like being the number two quarterback when they brought in uh, Trevor Lawrence? And he was just like, what are you talking about? I haven't taken a shit in weeks because number two ain't an option. <laughs> he's just, I can't remember if that was like a joke quote or a real one. Sorry, anyway, like you're going to say a something. joke. Yeah. No, I was going to say, um, we don't know what tra- Trey Lance could be. I think it, we, fuck We don't know what any of these guys are. It's, it's going to be some this, fourth round QB. No, I'm just saying like, these guys could be incredible. It's the second year. Like we need to stop pretending quarterbacks are 19 and amazing or 20 and amazing. Well, it's not hockey, right? Where hockey and basketball guys can come in really young and make well, a difference right away. You're Football, also protected. You're protected by your teammates a little bit in hockey. Like you play with good line mates. It can right. elevate you um, in football. Like as a quarterback, especially you're, you're the decision maker. You're out there on your own. Like you have to, you can be protected in terms of like time and, and whatever with old linemen or, and guys have to run their routes. But at the end of the day, like you have to deliver. Um, so yeah, I it's the I tightest. Just think, like, did you guys see? Speaking of the Patriots, I had put this in the pre-show notes. I don't know if you guys had seen the play. Oh, I think we've all seen the play. What in the wild fuck was Jacoby Myers thinking? And if you're down by three or something or like four and you need as many yards as possible and you got to keep that going. I get it. You were tied. At the time that play happened, you were tied. You could have gone out of bounds. You could have, you know, taken the next play. Even, fuck it, if the clock was over. Yeah, there was no next play. Okay, then. Game was over. Okay, then overtime. The regulation was over. Right. Okay, then go to overtime. Fall down. Take your, yeah, just go down. You tried whatever. I don't know. I haven't heard this yet. I know Jim has it. But the Belichick clip after? Yeah, I got it. You want to hear you got this? Let's go. Yeah, let's go. Willie Ramirez with the Associated Press on that final play. And it was yes. a draw play. Was it, was it instinctive on Ramondre? Or was yeah. he given the green light to pitch it no, if he had an opening? We made a mistake on, you know, play didn't work. And mistake on play. Bill, on, oh, over here on the, this side here on the block punt. What did you what? Yeah, so that was a mistake on the play. And the, the snapper on it, snapping it too it's early. A mistake on the play. Uh, Bill, on the final play over here. I know you said there was a mistake. Um, Jacoby took accountability for that, saying he knows better than to throw the ball back across. The field. Was there any coaching point after you had called the draw to say if you know the play's over? Just fall down or go out of bounds. Yeah. So that wasn't the quote I was actually looking for, <laughs> but you can tell like he's just like he's he's yeah, just struggling. He has he doesn't know what to say, right? Like everyone knows who saw it, and if you didn't see it, um, it was well, it was Ramondre Stevenson who I think it was a draw play to Ramondre. He ran up a few yards, ran out of real estate, and threw it back to Myers. It was Myers, right? 
I don't remember. It was yeah. a mess. So Myers, he did own up. He said, that was just me. He said, that was it. I promise you, that was just me trying to make a play. Uh, the plan was to just run the ball, go down, go to overtime. I got the ball. I tried to make a play. Right. So, and yeah, Myers was then turned around and threw the ball back <laughs> to his quarterback, who was like who 50 got, yards behind the play. And who got run over by the Raiders player. I'm not sure. It was Chandler, right? Uh, oh, Chandler Jones. Yeah. Chandler Jones just runs over Mac Jones like he's uh like he's George Costanza coming out of the bathroom when there's a fire in an apartment. Like just tossing him over like nobody's just shoving children out of the way. Exactly. And it was kind of funny because he stepped on him. Like Chandler Jones pushed him down and stepped on Mac Jones to make it more embarrassing and runs it back for the win. Which I mean, hey, as we get into this, good for me. But, I mean, that's one of those things where, especially with a guy like Belichick, do you think Jacoby Myers is, starts that game next week? Yes. You think so? I think he absolutely does. Or um, do, you think the do you think the first couple offensive snaps he sits as a message? I, I don't think there'll be any message at all. <clears throat> I, I think it, it was a dumb move. Absolutely. Like, that's and, bloopers for history. Yeah, it is. That's right up there with that. Uh, the butt fumble. I was no, I was thinking the Dallas Stars on the empty netter. Oh, Patrick Stefan, and then Patrick. coming back with Shane Horkoff and Alex Hemsky scoring the goal. Yes, I watched that game live. I remember that, and I was blown away. But yes, that's. I I just like you're forever in sports lore, as dumbass plays. I'm trying to find now, the also, actual. I'm trying to find an actual quote. Um, well, I was gonna, I was gonna move on. Uh, we also had another historic moment in the NFL with the Colts and the Vikings. Oh, <laughs> where the Colts were up, I think they were up what 32 nothing, 33 nothing. It was 33 nothing. The Colts were up in the third quarter, <laughs> and the Vikings came storming back and ended up winning that game 39 36. It was. The biggest comeback in the history of the NFL. Vikings are still oh. fraud for letting that happen, though. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely concerned about the Vikings. You're pissed. Just mentally. Yeah. How you let that happen. But, I, I mean, mean, good on them for coming back. I was going to say, it's resilient, right? Like, And Justin Jefferson was a stud that game, so that's good. Um, I just think this team... Is the this team has a lot of like offensive weapons without a premier quarterback and the defense is sus. Like I feel like they get away with a lot. Do you know what I mean? I feel like they get away with really good performances from Jefferson and Cook, who's been injured a little bit this season, but still. And then they just like they they if there was ever a situation where a team just did enough to be like, what's the record? 11 and two. The, yeah, they're 11 and three. I don't know. 11 and three. Like if there was a, if there was ever a team that says we just did enough to be 11 and three, it's this Minnesota Vikings team. Yeah. There's a lot of games that, I mean, they should I mean, have lost that. They just pulled it out at the end. 
Should have lost to the, the Jets. Last, the last big story was uh, Jalen Hurts is supposedly hurt and that may miss the next couple games for the Eagles. Now, for them, they're 13-1. and one. Best case They're 7-0 and zero at home. I don't think there's any uh, consideration of them not making the playoffs. Like, they're going to, I mean, they're, they've clinched the playoffs. They're, they're in the playoffs. Um, obviously, they may fall out of the first seed in the NFC. And although it's just the Vikings chasing them, and we've seen the Vikings perhaps be a fraud team. So it may not end up mattering for the Eagles. I think fantasy wise, I think there are very upset people out there right now who have lost Jalen Hurts on their fantasy squad. Uh, and I mean, we as of now believe it's only gonna be a couple weeks that he ends up missing. So best, as, it's best thing for like if if he's gonna get hurt, now's the time. And, and if it's only gonna be a couple weeks, he can absolutely be ready to go for the first week of the playoffs. Or excuse me, not even the first week of the playoffs. He has the second week of the playoffs. So he doesn't like he doesn't have to actually play another like meaningful month. football game for a month from now. So I think the Eagles are still uh, fine. Cowboys but, Eagles, though, man. Yeah, those Cowboys, eh? Like, I don't know, like, I'm not a well, Cowboys Cowboy. fan by any <laughs> okay. stretch. Sure. But that game, that's, that's, that's a big rivalry game for them, no? You're like, talking about Cowboys and Eagles? Yeah, because they're division team. I just I, I don't see him sitting at that game if he finds a way to play. I think he plays that one and then he sits for the rest of the year. It's possible. Um, I don't know. I feel like I don't know if he's even healthy enough to play this week. That's what's the, the injury? Uh it's a very good question. It was sprained shoulder. Is it the throwing shoulder? That's a good that's a good question as well. <laughs> Does he need uh, to throw if it? The, if it's not the throwing shoulder, they put a needle in it, and he probably it is his throw. It is his throwing shoulder. Yes. Okay, maybe they wrap it up and put a needle in it. He <laughs> not another team movie. Can he play? <laughs> Can he play? Or any given Sunday? Remember where they're just shooting up guys all the time? But yeah, I just I I don't know. Like a lot of the extent of the injury, who knows? You know, that's especially this time of year. That's what I mean. Maybe that's part of it. Maybe they. Maybe it's mind games already. Maybe it's the shoulder. He sits, you know, and they they rest him for the playoffs. Like they don't. They don't fucking. They, they don't, don't need, need wins. And you know what? Say they drop a seed. Ooh, like yeah, better for them. Well, who would they play? Like as of right now, what's it looking like they'll play or who they play? Well, the NFL playoffs is a bit of a mess. The way the the way it is, um, right now they're the first seed. Assuming that it kind of breaks down exactly as it is right now, you're looking at probably the Bucks. I mean, as much as it's, do you want to face playoff Brady? Exactly. Is that who you want to play going into week one, or you know, your first playoff game is potentially Brady? And who I mean, he's. It- who, who would they play? Guys. Who would they play in second? Well, they are, but playoff Brady. Who would they what? Who would they, if they dropped to the second seed? Who would they play? Or like Niners. what are the options? Oh fuck! Neither option is great. 
No, yeah, you significantly want to, want play. to play the Bucks more than the Niners. Yeah, yeah. Like, I would 100 take the Bucks over the Niners right now. I just mean, I just, I, I have the image of Brady being down 27 to three at the half at a Super Bowl. Listen, Brock Purdy is the best quarterback in the NFL today, right? Who are you to doubt Brock Purdy? Brock Purdy it should be like a shirt. He said, is he a fucking chocolate? <laughs> should be that was a shirt. good line. Who said that? Yeah, yeah. El Dandy. <laughs> I'm glad James got that reference. No, um, no worries. Who are Come you to it. doubt Brock Purdy? Um, <laughs> <laughs> There's a very small amount of people who are going to get that reference, but I appreciate that James is one of the people that got that reference. Potassium. <laughs> that should just so look the show now. Looking ahead to week 16, we have to make our picks. Now, so from last week, the only person to get one correct was Maddie on the fluke play of the century, the Raiders over the Patriots. <laughs> James, uh, betting with his heart rather than his head, picked the Jets over the Lions, and that did not work out for him. And I have been backed into a corner with the amount of teams that I have left, so I had to take the Cardinals over the Broncos, which did not work out for me. So here we are, week 16. The score currently is Maddie 11, me 9, and James 7. So James is technically eliminated from being uh, first, but he can still pass me if he wins out and I lose out. I have the same record as a Jets. That being said. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that being said, uh, my pick for this week is going to be the San Francisco 49ers over the Washington Commanders. Because again, who are you to doubt? Brock Purdy. Taking the the ones who broke my heart, the Lions. I think they have a, an easier matchup this week. Um, every game is must win for them. Uh, it looks like that offense is clicking. They're Lions. vibing. Vibing. That's a, actually, like I know it says easy pick, but the Lions have actually played very, very good football in the past little Dude, bit. Dude, they're so. like 6-1 and one in their last seven yeah. or something. Even, like some, some of the, even in the games they've lost, they've looked good. Right. It's, could it's it something the Bills? just clicked all of a sudden. Yeah, could have beat the Bills. Yeah. No, they could have. But you know who did beat the Bills? The Jets. So I'm going to take, because I'm at slim pickings at this point, I'm going to take the Rams over the Broncos. Because one, it's the Rams. And I, you know, I still think teams of that caliber find it. And the Broncos are just absolute garbage. So... <laughs> Says, says the guy to the guy who his team lost to the Broncos. <laughs> your pick lost to the Broncos. <laughs> this guy, you were like, I'll take the Broncos. Doesn't like who takes the Broncos. Man's lost to the Broncos. Yeah, I know, but still. Also, Russ isn't playing though. Yeah, so. like although that could be a benefit for that team. That's a good point. Let's ride. Broncos Nation. Let's ride. Let's ride. So yeah, Rams over the Broncos for me. Sunday, December 25th, Christmas Day at 4.30 p.m. Speaking of, yeah, we're going into Christmas, boys. Yeah, we are fast approaching Christmas. Jesus Christ. I know we talked about the top Christmas shopping, but like now when you see a date on there and like week 16 is Christmas, I'm like, Jesus. And I shouldn't be taking the Lord's name in vain on his birthday, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, alleged yeah, yeah. birthday. But... Alleged. I'm ca- All I have to do is ask for forgiveness with my last breath and I get in. So we're good. Perfect. Now, moving to the Blue Jays, this was a interesting thing that came up this week because over the past couple of weeks, we've been speculating of what the Blue Jays are going to do. 
and how they're going to fix this team. We all, I think, are in agreement of what they needed. They needed pitching. They needed bullpen help. They needed presume <laughs> they needed someone to play the outfield and ideally a left-handed hitter. So they addressed some of those concerns by bringing Kevin Kiermeyer, who I think is more of a defensive uh, positional player rather than like someone to replace Tay Oscar. I think he's your top year replacement. And they also most notably brought in um, Chris Bassett. I have something on Chris Bassett I think uh, we should talk about. But the other interesting thing that came up was earlier today, it was today, <laughs> Ross Atkins made himself available to the media. And the speculation is, are they done for pitching? Like, I think we talk about in this show too. Like, is there like another move coming? Are they trying to bring another pitcher? Because right now you'd assume their rotation is Manoa, uh, Gossman, Bassett, and Barrios. And then your fifth spot where like, hopefully they're still in the market for another pitcher. Because I really don't want to see either Kikuchi or Heisenberg in this spot next year. So Rob Longley... Uh, on Twitter, sent this out today. He said, I asked Ross Atkins about the fifth spot in the rotation. And in quotations was is the response from Ross Atkins. We're excited about a bounce back Kikuchi, as well as having Mitch White on board and having some prospects that are exciting. So I think that answers the question right there. They are done in terms of starting pitching. They are no longer, they're not looking for a fifth man they believe the fifth man is either Kikuchi or Heisenberg. How do you feel about that? I mean, if 80% of your pitching rotation is going to get you the job done, ideally, you're not in a terrible position. Like your fifth guy isn't expected to be a 16 and one with like a 202 ERA and whatever. Like that's not the expectation of a fifth starter. If he is, if Kikuchi comes out, and he can give you every fifth day six or seven innings and a sub four ERA. And I mean, wins and losses for pitchers are the stupidest stat in baseball because, you know, a lot of the time it's way beyond their control. So, yeah, if he can have, like I said, a sub four ERA and, you know, give you seven innings every fifth day and put you in a position to not be out of it that you're within a run tied or ideally up you're not upset with it then you're kind of okay because you're getting solid fifth starter pitching from him um would i like an upgrade sure but if it's not available or if it's going to force you in a position you don't want to be whether it's spending that you could get more pen help or you could get more offense on the left side I would rather them do that. I think that's more of a priority at this point. And who's to say if Kikuchi doesn't go out there in the first two months, just absolutely blow it up, you make a trade or you call someone up. And like I said, they have young talent here that they're probably excited for. Um, you know, Mourinho is, you know, three catchers, not ideal. But again, if one of them is going to be the DH every now and then, who cares? So, I mean, I'm not upset about it. But I think there's more pressing concerns than your fifth starter at this point. Yeah, and I mean, I don't think Kikuchi's outside the realm of 
of rehabilitation. I mean, we can't sit here and be like, oh, Matt Murray. And then I know it's a different sport, but like the potential for an athlete to refine their game is, is absolutely there. Um, back to the Leafs. <laughs> <laughs> we're still on Toronto, so it's fine. Um, the one thing I find interesting about that quote is he, he mentions prospects. Which prospects is he referencing in terms of, like, it's not Nate Pearson, is it? Tiedemann. I was going to say Tiedemann, but, you know, Tiedemann's played double A. Yeah, he, and he's young. He's like 19 or something. Yeah, and he'll be 20. There and was, or 20, or whatever it is, but there was conversation earlier this month of him making the team as a fifth starter, which, and, which be, I thought was lunacy. But, I mean, hearing that from Atkins, maybe it's possible. I don't but know. you talk about and guys not, like, he's, he's 6'4", 220, Tiedemann. Like, he's a beast. Yeah. So I don't, I mean, I don't, I, it's not that I don't see it, but like when he says prospects, I mean, he's the only one I can see on this with the remote chance and he hasn't yes. played triple A ball. So, and yeah. I don't think Nate Pearson qualifies as a prospect anymore. At least I don't even like, qualifies as a player right now. The dude <laughs> can't either stay healthy or do it when he is healthy. So he had a model, give him a break. Maybe he, he was just really, entire... maybe he's just really bored. He had mono for the entire 2022 season. I understood that reference. Um, oh, you got that one? I was hoping yes. you would. Um, so, I like, again, uh, Kikuchi pitched fine in relief. I don't even think you need six or seven innings out of him. I think you just need four and a half to five. Um, the old Ryu treatment. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and uh, if you shore up the bullpen, you don't need that much from Ryu because you know that Gossman and Manoa and um, Bassett. Bass is a workhorse, by the way. So these guys are going to eat innings and they're going to save the bullpen. I, I, I That's a good point. I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to talk a bit more about Bassett, at least just a little bit here. Uh, this is a really cool thread by Chris Black, uh, down to Black on Instagram. He put together this little like uh, a thread of Chris Bassett and how he thinks that he's going to make a big impact on the Blue Jays. Basically, Bassett has one of the best sinkers in baseball. If you go back to 2020, he has the best run value for his uh, sinker than any other. Well, he's second best. Sandy Alcantara is the best uh, sinker ball pitcher. So one of the best sinker ball pitchers in the league, statistically. Great. Um, that sinker contributes to 49% ground ball rate last year. Ground balls that hopefully are hit right to Matt Chapman. Now, no pitcher in baseball allowed more runners, more base runners, excuse me, on grounders to third last year than Bassett. So, theoretically, now that there's a the problem should solve themselves, yeah, who can actually field his position, a black hole too, and I don't mean that in the insulting way. I mean like the dude just gets everything down the third base line. Yeah, and like, and to be clear, like these are ground balls hit to the third baseman that ended up being a base hit. So it's not like it's a ball that blew over the third baseman's head or something. Like it's it's a, a fieldable ball to the third baseman that ended up being a base runner because the third baseman was unable to make the play. So that should theoretically make him even better. Now also consider, and I don't know how much I want to like look into this one, but Alejandro Kirk is known to be Manoa's catcher. And Danny Jansen has struggled with low strikes. So it's possible this, this addition of Bassett leads to 
the Rules. pairing of Kirk and Moreno, and Jansen is your guy on the way out. Yeah. Just, you know, just throwing that yep. out there. Um, we'll see how that plays out. I think one of them is getting traded. And if I was a betting man, I would say it's probably Moreno or Kirk. I think Jansen is definitely staying. But it's interesting to look at it with that lens. And maybe the Jays are also looking at it that way, too. I mean, I honestly think it's probably Kirk because how they feel about Moreno, that, yeah, he may not have the same level of power as Kirk, probably hits for a better average over the career than Kirk does. And he probably runs and out yeah, a few Kirk, more bases. <laughs> right. And you don't want to get to that. But at the same time, it is part of baseball. It's not like the guy's a pitcher and he might be a little bit of a hefty lad that you can kind of accept it. You know, when you're a batter and a lot of, and this sounds terrible, but a lot of some of the balls that would be, you know, stretch out singles or, you know. Or guys who make it from second to home on right. certain plays, right? And it sucks, but it is a nature of the sport. And I think Moreno can do that. Um, also too, I from one of the quotes that Atkins had was that the market for catchers right now is extremely strong. And the Jays are dealing from a very strong position with having what they feel is three major league catchers in Kirk Jansen and Moreno's, you know, if they didn't have two strong catchers in those two this year, Moreno's probably one of your catchers on this team last year. So. Yeah. I'm just excited um, for sure. It's to say kick his ass sea bass. Yeah. <laughs> I know. eh? But I think, too, when it comes to back to Tiedman, like you said, yes, he's young, but I'm also a big believer. If the dude can do it, let him do it. You know, yeah, Manoa like, was young. Yeah, Manoa was young. Also, too, these guys like Atkins and Shapiro aren't dudes to rush their prospects. That's not who they are. So if they're talking like he has potential to make this team, they're of the mindset that he's close to, if not ready that putting him in AAA would be a waste of time. Yeah, Manoa's here at 22, so Tiedemann would be two years younger. But if he can do it, he can do it. If he's, be if, if he's legitimately at a camp, the best guy for that position, regardless of saying we want to maintain years of control, if you're a team that has visions of World Series now, you can't let that control you because the second you do, you're sacrificing the potential success for this team for maybe a little bit more control of a player. So like if you're in win now mode, that shouldn't be a consideration. It's whatever puts you in the best position to win is the team you field regardless. Yeah. I just don't think you know. Right? I thought he's not a sexual assaulter. I don't think or like a wife beater. But I don't think you know. You could start this guy and then he breaks in August. Like who knows? He's never gone through a major league season, right? So we don't we don't no, know. I agree. But at the same time, that's why I say you give Kikuchi the start. Let him give him like a month or two. See how it goes. See if he can work his way out. Um, like he may maybe he doesn't win you games, but if he's leaving when it's three two, you're not upset with that. As long as he's not getting blown out and when he's leaving in a fourth inning or a third inning and it's ten to one, mm -hmm. I mean, you run with it a little bit. And see, and then if not, then you bring him up, and then dude's not doing a full major league season, and you're getting, yeah, you know, I don't know. It's just All my right. thoughts on it. We're we're definitely going over on this episode, James, because <laughs> I think it's important for us to have this conversation about our last story, and this broke like 
I think shortly after we finished recording the last episode. So it's, you know, it's a, it's a bit of a week old story now, but I think the conversation is still interesting. So Tuesday, the report came out that Mandy Rose had been released by WWE, which was shocking to say the least, because was it Tuesday or was it Wednesday? It was on the 14th. It was the Wednesday when the report yeah. came out. It's the night after she dropped the... Exactly. She had dropped the NXT women's title on Tuesday. And when she lost the NXT women's title after a long reign, she was NXT women's champion for 413 days. So when she dropped the title, I think everyone immediately assumed that, oh, cool, she's getting moved up to the main roster now. Like, it's time for Mandy Rose to come back up. And, and I think, obviously, she could have been a very big star in the main roster. And then the next day, you go to Twitter and you see the tweet from Sean Ross, Sean Ross Sapp saying, Fightful Select has learned that Mandy Rose has been, Mandy Rose has been released by WWE. WWE officials felt that they were put in a tough position based on the content she was posting on her brand army page. They felt it was outside of the parameters of her WWE deal. So, um, I, okay, so full disclosure. I had no idea Mandy Rose had a brand army. I didn't know what the fuck brand army was. I just assumed it's, I assumed it, it is what it is. And yeah, it's, it's, it's like an OnlyFans adjacent type yeah, thing. It's, you, it's a monetization for your content. Right. So it's similar to a OnlyFans or similar to a Patreon or whatever, where you have your fans will uh, subscribe to you and your content, whatever your content may be. Now, this sort of thing was not allowed under Vince McMahon. They called them the third-party deals. And that encompassed not just these uh, subscription services, but they also encompassed Twitch. And a lot of guys are making a ton of money on Twitch. And WWE said, nope, you're not going to be allowed to do that anymore. And then when Hunter took over, they allowed Twitch again. And I imagine, by extension, Brand Army as well. But the issue is that after subscribing to Mandy Rose on Brand Army, you are also given the option in your DMs to pay for additional content. And the additional content tended to air uh, a bit more <laughs> into a different uh, rate television rating than uh, PG, we'll say. Then the report that I heard, and I, I don't know if any of this is true or not, at least this next part. Obviously, I know she has been released, but the report is that she was making more money on Brand Army than she was going to make in the main roster anyways. So I wonder if like the conversation with her was, hey, Mandy, we know what you're doing. You got to stop doing this. Um, as a compromise, we'll bring you up to the main roster and we'll give you a, you know, a $300,000 a year contract. And she's like, well, I'm making $500,000 a year on Brand Army. So um, she's not taking how bumps. about that? So uh, that's the end of their uh, arrangement. And Mandy Rose is now on her own doing her Brand Army page. And man, it's, it's wild out there. So here's, the, here's what, what's interesting to me. Because WWE obviously is not interested in uh, being associated with her anymore because of this. But... 
AEW literally has someone on the roster who does this right now. Paige Van Zandt does the exact same thing. So how long until you see Mandy Rose in AEW? <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know. The... Okay. It depends. That's, that's a Mandy Rose thing. Like if she wants to do it. Yeah, that's a good point. Right. Like, dude, like think about it this way. We, I think we've talked about this before. You just need to have a thing and you, you make money. Like you need a thousand people to subscribe for $10 a month and you make 10 G's a month, which is over a hundred thousand dollars a year. Right? So now if you think about a Mandy Rose who probably has 200,000 people at her disposal, if you get 10% of those people, 5%, it's like 10,000 people at $10 a month. It's a hundred thousand oh, dollars a month, brother. How much is it? <laughs> He's locked. It's well, so he, oh, because it was part of the article. So like she <laughs> was supposedly. Yeah, charged. I read the articles. I read part of the article. I read the articles. <laughs> no. So here's the thing. Uh, supposedly it was $25 a month. Okay. And after she got released, it's now for, I haven't checked now. I can check right now, actually. But I, I was told, like, according to the article, after she got released, uh, it went up to $40 a month. Okay, so let's do this. Let's say she has, well, because she's going to get simps too, right? Like, people are going to sympathy pay because they're going to think that she's not getting any money, right? So how many followers does she have on Twitter, do we know, or Instagram? Instagram, 3.4 million followers. Okay, so let's say, what's, what would, what's, what's 1% of that? Uh, 34,000. So 1% of the people. She, dude, if she had 1% of the people that follow her on Instagram, subscribe, she would make $1.3 million a month. <laughs> and that's not including the additional content that she will be selling in their DMs. Dude, if she had 10,000 people... Uh, so I just looked it up now. The price, is, the, pri the price is $30 now. Okay, so if she had if she had ten, so ten thousand, so if you have three and a half million followers on social media, and you convince ten thousand of them to buy your nudes per month at thirty five dollars, that's three hundred fifty thousand dollars a month. That's still over three million dollars a year in gross revenue, right? Now, after this, after this, C that, that CJ would, so Perry, hold on, hold on. her net revenue would be at least half of that because I I know a lot of these. There's a uh, cut. Yes. That's There's I mean, the gross. cut that goes to brand army, whatever fucking service right. she's using. Half that money goes to them, half it go to the creator. And she'll have so, to pay photographers and all this stuff, probably like content management managers, agents. The CJ Perry said, who is Lana in a different life, said she makes more doing the flexible wife gimmick than she ever did at WWE or could make elsewhere. Like it's it's such a, like you said it's wild out there man like dude if if i if i believed in myself enough i could post jerk off videos and be a millionaire <laughs> we talked about the feet video yeah that's what i'm saying it I, I, it sounds like a joke but if i believed in myself at all I believe. right like there are there are people out there who will pay for it i can make i could probably make enough to have a sweet car I mean, you could at least buy like a new fridge or something at right. minimum. 
at minimum a fridge like so, one that has the ice maker and a screen built in that tells yeah. you how good your food is for how long yeah well, i can get one of them a couple jerk offs a day you know i mean you're already doing it you might as well monetize that's what it. i'm saying might as well get a fridge for it um <laughs> but yeah it's, it's just so I don't, like, uh, fuck it's weird. Like, listen, it's their company, their prerogative. They can do what they want on that regard. It's just, I get the weird historical thing about having, you know, Sable, Playboy. But I get, I, I guess there's a level of their involvement and promotion in that. Whereas this is independent. Like, it's one thing to create your own independent content. It's one thing to create your own sexualized independent content, I think. And I th- and maybe that's where the line is drawn for them. I don't know. It's it's weird. No, it's I weird. hear you. I just think it's also archaic. You know, especially in today's day and age. You know, essentially you're trying to dictate what someone can and can't do with their body. You know, so it goes beyond that, and it's like how well, much of. That's the same as well, that's the same as a vaccination. Yeah. No, I agree. But I just think, you know, the difference with this is this is for them, they say it's a branding thing and it's, you know, the association of being with said brand and they don't want that out there. But I don't know. It's it's weird. I just, you know, just trying to maybe have fun and make extra money. Like, I think it's dumb. Here's the thing. Maybe that's an indication of what she's worth. Maybe then if you maybe then pay her. Right? Yeah. Maybe that's yeah, maybe that, maybe that's part of the argument. Maybe her I mean, worth is much like, you know, you want her to be out there taking bumps. I heard she was a much improved wrestler. I didn't watch much of her in NXT, but I heard she was much improved. You know, maybe she's worth more than what she would have made. Or well. that's probably the argument. Like you said, that's probably the very crux of the argument is that now with that comes an added negotiation and price tag. They can say, I'm now worth this. You're not paying me enough. And now if all the females or all the divas or all the whatever they call well, them. Well, even now, the male stars, if they have Twitch accounts, hey, oh, like yeah. it is a negotiating tie. It's true. Actually, that's a good point. If they build their own audience, they can go to the table and say, listen, I am I have this following. You're going to pay for I don't that need too. You. Yeah, well, or you're going to pay for it. it. For, for so long, it, the comparison has always been, I am worth this to this wrestling company or I am worth as a wrestler or I am worth this to another wrestling company as a wrestler. But now you can also say as I a am content worth creator, this as a content creator on YouTube, on OnlyFans, on Patreon, Twitch, on whatever. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And you can start factoring that in as well. And like, I don't have to beat my body up. I don't have to take bumps. That was I don't, the thing. To, I don't have to travel. I see my family all the time. I can, like, okay, I might make 15% less than typical, but like you said, or, I'm not traveling. I'm not taking in, bombs. In her I'm case, having more she's fun. Making, she's probably making 30% more. Right. In her case, she's making more. She's like, why would I go through 360 days of travel, of putting my body through hell, and, you know, delaying any kind of desire to have a family or not seeing her current family or whatever to make 30% less? She's, you know, when a couple nipples it, get you a ton of money, so it doesn't make it like legitimately right. It doesn't make sense. But if you go to the side of Twitch, guys like playing video games as it is already. He's like, 
why not just sit there and do something I'd probably want to do in my spare time anyway and just make money? And, you know, as you said, there's a lot of positives in removing a lot of negatives. Yeah, I think we're all in agreement here. It's a it's a great idea. She made the right decision. So good for you, Mandy. You do what you got to do. Get that money because that money doesn't last forever. You go get that money. Now, gentlemen, I think it is now time for everyone's favorite segment of the week. That's right, it is everyone's favorite segment of the week because it is the segment of the week where we get to hear the best entrance music in the history of professional wrestling, the entrance music of one Maven, also the entrance uh, or the show theme of Tough Enough Season 1 on MTV, which was a really good show. You should check it out if you ever get a chance. Also, along those lines, I was as I was looking for the Mandy Rose article on Fightful, Fightful.com is actually... It's actually one of the uh, only really good uh, wrestling news websites that actually like try to report news <laughs> rather than like bullshit. Yeah. Anyways, um, one of the headlines <laughs> that the, the, the Fightful article, I must be posted today. It was posted yesterday. Uh, it says Maven, um, colon. So like Maven saying this. Oh, I, I thought took you said steroids. Maven, colon. <laughs> Maven, uh, I took steroids. I wish I would have taken more. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah, man. <laughs> Maven just seems like a cool dude. We need to find a way to get Maven on this show one day. Can you imagine if we got him on the show? What was your first question? How did you decide on the music? And how much steroids would you take? Oh, I, I know for a fact. Undertaker. The music was not his ask, choice. First question I would ask about The Undertaker. But anyway, I digress. All right. Um, I will go first for our shout outs this week. Of course, if you're joining us for the first time ever, thank you. And... Um, <laughs> Shout out to someone we do every week where we like to end on a high note and we like to uh, give a shout out to someone or something or something that we like or um, just to be very positive at the end of the show. I have in my folder here. So this is my uh, wrestling notebook that I use when I do commentary. Is it Duotang? It's a, it's, it's a black like zip up oh, folder. Okay. Very, very prestigious. It's very, uh, very professional. <laughs> I have this hilarious picture. So... At Greektown Wrestling this past weekend, you got a chance to take it. Obviously, if you're not watching our video, which no one is because we're not posting on YouTube at the moment. <laughs> but for you guys, um, there's a picture here of me with the Impact Wrestling World Heavyweight Champion. Oh, nice. And I'm holding the Impact Wrestling title. And it's just hilarious to me, this picture, because like I said earlier in the show, like Josh is just is Josh, right? Like we we've known the guy for years. But now he's the Impact Wrestling World Champion. So, like, having this picture with him and the belt, and he, he autographed it for me, too. <laughs> like, you, look like, you look like his Paul Heyman. Oh, man. That would have been... I probably should have did that. Like, did, like, a manager photo with him. Like, yeah. uh, whatever. He's a good I dude, I just think man. his whole... Yeah, he is. And that's my shout-out is uh, Josh Alexander, who um, obviously is Impact Wrestling World Champion. But he has become, like... Something that I always used to say about Tyson Dukes, um, I would always say he's like the godfather of wrestling in this country. Like he's the the, the flag bearer of what this uh, sport is. Josh has taken that over now. Like Tyson has retired and he's gone. Um, and Josh Alexander is now the 
measuring stick of wrestling in this country. And not only that, but like by holding that world title, he is now the measuring stick of professional wrestling, period. Um, if you compare it like the world champions in the world, like Roman Reigns is a very different type of wrestler. Um, MJF is a very different type of wrestler. If you think of like a pure wrestler who is a world heavyweight champion, Josh Alexander is the guy and he's the only guy. And that's really cool to think about that he is now like the pinnacle of uh, an example of what this industry should be. And he's a really good dude. And uh, I th just think it's really cool that he's in that position that he's in and he deserves it. So my shout out goes to Josh Alexander. Dude, I'll tell you a quick Josh story. When when I left wrestling, I, I, I briefly helped out at another show. Just, you know, I was asked to, so I did. Um, and Josh was on that show. Um, and I, the company that I was with before had not the best relationship with Josh, like a lot of weird shit happened. Um, but I went up to him and I said, Hey man, I haven't talked to you in a while. And I kind of feel like, I don't know if it was entirely fair. Um, I don't know anything that went down and I kind of feel like I got roped up in some shit that didn't make sense. Um, and I was just trying to say like, looking forward just to work and he just like stopped me he said it's not your fault man and he just said don't even worry about it he's like good to see you and he gave me a hug and that was that's really cool like he just didn't he he knows the truth like he just you know he knows that sometimes people get wrapped up in shit and he there was like zero hard feelings and he was just really fucking cool so yeah he's a good dude who's up next me um mine Mine goes to uh, Justin Bourne of Sportsnet. Um, the dude, uh, I don't know if it was this week or the week before, um, on his show with Nick Kiprios, uh, talked about being four years sober and said he was an alcoholic. Um, and he shared a lot about what he learned and his experience going to rehab. Um, and that's a really tough thing to do, um, not just you know, admitting getting the help and all that stuff, but to go out there on a platform you know, he has a book coming, um, and stuff like that. That's, you know, he wants to be out there and be a resource to help people. Um, you know, it's, it's not an easy thing to work with. Um, but just to have those kind of, just to have that nutsack to, to be there in that platform and, and say those things. And, you know, like not everyone agrees with Kiprios, but I thought he was very graceful in that moment to be like, Hey man, like proud of you. Uh, been great getting to know you and i'm here for you like it's really cool to see dudes do that in in kind of that space where you know you don't always get the the benefit of of that kind of behavior in those in those moments and in those cultures and spaces you know like he even said like it's tough you know hockey culture you go out for beers with the boys he said it's great that i can do things and go golfing and it's not expected of me or it's not expected you know he's like that's really helpful um, so it's cool to see that kind of thing. So, yeah, shout out to Justin Bourne. No, definitely. Because I also think, too, it's like, like you said, it's hard to just come out with something like that and to, you know, be public about something that is typically very private and seen as, you know, I mean, I hope I'm not saying this incorrectly, but seen as like a sickness that, you know, a lot of people kind of keep to themselves with. And, to do that to say i'm not just doing this because again he's not just doing it for himself or his own ego or whatever he's doing it so that people can say 
you can get through this to be a you know like you said a resource or a pillar for people that may be struggling that listen to the show i guarantee you yeah yeah exactly there's plenty of alcoholics that listen to his their show and that follow his shit and even if he helps one person Mm -hmm. that's amazing work right so no definitely well deserved mine like you should have gone last because now mine feels so stupid (laughs) (laughs) i was honestly gonna say like i know this is kind of out of like your guys interest and stuff like that but i think it's always really cool when canadians do things that aren't typically or just celebrating the successes of people that come from our country um because i know like a lot of the time it's dominated by a lot of places like like i said is the americans or things like that so um over this past weekend was the mr olympia uh bodybuilding competition i don't really follow it but i'm only vaguely aware because there's a guy who's like i've seen like just videos and stuff working out named chris bumstead who's a canadian who just won his fourth straight mr olympia fourth straight and you know the guy just he grinded out everyone kept saying oh this is the year he's gonna fail and stuff like that so i just want to shout out a dude for you know not listening to people and just kind of going out there doing his thing and winning a four straight and saying you know what i'm coming back for five so you know shout Shout out to him and then uh yeah that's shout out to vascularity (laughs) (laughs) i will say this my like my wife and me looked at the picture after she's like dude the veins are popping never do steroids to get that big veins are popping yeah. Well, you know what it you know what it takes to get that body? Maybe. Potassium. I don't have it up anymore. <laughs> oh, you know, Devin. <laughs> All right. Well, shout out to you for subscribing and following along and downloading every episode and sharing it with your friends. We greatly do appreciate it. This was episode 35 of 43.6, the sports podcast you always wanted, and we will see you next week for episode 36, which of course will be brought to you by Now Your Treasures. And Merry Christmas.